Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 316 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapatis. I get it! I get it now. Ah, uh, ha ha, <laughs> excellent. Who, who was that who dares speak? Macho man Chris Antista, uh, <laughs> the killer backbreaker. Uh. <laughs> The killer with the broken back. Uh, and yeah. Stone Cold Matt Allen, VJ316, says, I just whipped your ass. And special guest joining us for the first time, it's... The Yippie Dog, Larry. <laughs> just Larry? Wow. We I already was... have one of those Yippie Dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Name's Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was bracing for a macho man, I got a Yippie Dog. Oh, Fucking... sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the macho yeah. man doesn't just make appearances when you want him to. The cream always raises to the top. Yeah, cream of the crop! You gotta live this shit. Larry, where might people have heard you before? From the Potty Slam, a wrestling historical podcast. Ooh. hey And why would we have someone from a wrestling podcast on this week's show, Michael? Well, I'm so glad you asked because you came up with the (laughs) idea of let's do a wrestling show. And I'm like, no. (laughs) And you're like, what if it's wrestlers doing non-wrestling games? And I'm like, sure, that sounds like it could be fun. And You're not begging as much. I I specifically remember going, oh, please, in a chat to you. I was was sparing you some dignity. (laughs) But if you're going to insist, on dragging your own name through the mud it's here, fine. Then it's, yes, yes. I have to me, give some credit say, to the Diamond Dog Dave Rudden, who mm-hmm. reached out to me and said, Yes. What, what wrestling thing are you guys doing for VGA 316? Yeah. And I, I said, I, I don't know, but I want to do something. Uh, if he had asked me that, I would have been like, it's like you don't even know me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I always want to, I'm not the big wrestling fan that matter. Larry is. Mm. But it is, it is to this day the purest uh, I form think you of... Woo! To this day, it is the purest form of entertainment. It is everything. (laughs) It is pyrotechnics. It is music. It is ballet. It is dance. It is athletics. It is storylines. It is Shakespearean. It is everything, and it's harder than almost every other medium you enjoy and pretend is better than. Yes. Uh, Everything you used to like about Game of Thrones is somehow Mm. represented in wrestling with real people uh, permanently hurting themselves. It's mm-hmm. it's a holdover from vaudeville, and I'm glad we still have it. And it's it never ceases. The behind the scenes shit never ceases mm-hmm. to fascinate me. Right, and which is potty slam. Its Indeed. focus is not necessarily just kind of the behind the scenes, Larry. How do you describe it? Because you've you've described it to me before when I was a guest on one of your shows. We de- I would describe it as the wrestling ring and beyond. We like to talk. Sometimes it's backstage stuff. Sometimes it's uh, you know these wrestlers have alternate careers. They try music. They try you know rapping. The Macho Man's case, and Ooh. <sighs> it's never the ones yeah. you think would rap. <laughs> oh no, our truth raps. Mm. You're my perfect friend, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Perfect. I'm thinking about you right now, brother. Yeah, <laughs> trying to think about the night they took my friend, trying to black it out, but it bleeds again. See, That's the Macho a, Man was just daddy. trying. Macho Man was trying to uh, copy his. Uh, brother's rapping career le- leaping lenny poffo right no nobody talks about lenny poffo as the worst rapper of all time <laughs> <laughs> he, he really is wow. is this when lenny poffo was the genius in wwe the genius yeah. throwing those autographed frisbees into the crowd uh major props to a uh, friend of the show dan amrick who once made an appearance at a pax royal rumble uh you know the pax rumble that they do Appearing as the genius, Dan Amrick, literally throwing autographed frisbees into the audience. Nice. That's oh, how damn. much he was committed to the character. 
That is the awesome. Five of us who got it, we're really appreciative <laughs> of that commitment. <laughs> oh, and can I apologize really fast for pretty much everything? Um, okay. We've had late shows, and my back is a huge problem. And I am experience. I am experimenting with muscle relaxers, uh, and I've been a little loopy on shows lately. So hmm. my apologies off the top. If I sound weird or drunk, this is weird for me too. Chris, it's only experimenting if you do it in college. Past that, it's a lifestyle, my man. I hmm. see. I see. So, okay, so I, he's lifestyling with muscle relaxers. It's, it's, it's that, only. Well, I don't know. I don't know this. I don't know this world at all, and I'm on all a bunch of borrowed medication. With no health insurance, oh so this mm. has been fun. America, yeah, America, baby, <laughs> can't go anywhere. You're you're in Florida though. You could just get like like the cheapest. We cover almost nothing things off the exchange. Yeah, I could I could like have an airboat blow a bunch of CBD onto my back, and that's that's <laughs> kind of the extent of what I can do. I mean, one that of sounds the, pretty good to me. One of the games we're going to be talking about uh, that's not too far to extrapolate from what. Oh it's about. yeah. <laughs> What kind of games are we talking about, Michael? We are talking about, as, as I said earlier, non-wrestling games yes. in which wrestlers have some sort of starring or speaking role. Right, but they're not appearing as wrestlers. I think right. that's our big caveat. Some of them are. Okay. At least one of them is. But, uh, but most of them are doing something completely different. Uh, they could be, for example, uh, posing as some sort of military officer like Ric Flair. Well, what do we have here? Looks to me like a trainee could use a few pointers. I'm Commander Hill, and I'm going to cheat you all about defeat. From, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that's from Command and Conquer Red Alert 3. Are you uprising. kidding? <laughs> I get to take orders from Ric Flair? No, he's your opponent, I think. He's going <laughs> to kick my ass one day. That's fine. Uh, or, or it could be an attempt at a semi-serious dramatic role like Xavier Woods here. I'm sorry to come off callous. I, I do want to help. Hayden was a colleague and a friend, and I want to know who's okay. But I also need help getting the hell out of Neo SF, and now. My info is my leverage, and it's not for free. It's from 2064 read-only memories. That man has a goddamn PhD. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you can uh, hear that's it in every acting. syllable. No, no, that's a real thing. He actually has a PhD. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what about, that dude's amazing. So the other, the other sort of semi-inspiration for this list was the... The recent talk about uh, Ronda Rousey's performance as Sonya Blade mm. in Mortal Kombat 11, where she, I think the reason people were so up in arms about it is she was sort of playing a well-established character, mm-hmm. but it was more mm. about how she was playing said character. Not yes. very well. Not great. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm a, round, a Ronda Rousey fan, both in terms, I'm not an, an MMA fan, but like when she was on her streak, that shit was astounding. Like it yeah. was really mm-hmm. strange. Do you remember that? Yeah, like watching watching this woman like devour people in the ring in less than a minute. It was Tyson. It was nuts. It, it was shows, yeah. It was, yeah, it, it was, was crazy. Yeah. It was like, and then, oh, like here she's in the Fast and the Furious movie and she shows up and like she's this super intimidating woman. She's cute as a bug's ear, uh, and then she shows up and like, oh, you didn't take one acting class. Not a one. You could you you could be the next the next Brian Bosworth. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I felt bad for her. I mean her. It's not like it's the first time we've seen her act. Like Chris mentioned, she was in Fast and Furious. But her recent program with Becky the Man Lynch, it was just very clear. Like, Becky is on a whole other level on the mic. And Rhonda was just... She was doing her best with the lines that were given Mm -hmm. to her. But it's just like, yeah, 
she is walking circles around you with these promos. Like, it's a good thing you're kind of a badass in the ring because uh, the mic work had left something to be desired. I, I really wish Ronda Rousey would triple down on acting stuff. <laughs> classes. Classes. Training. Because mm-hmm. I really do think she could be one of the coolest action stars we've ever seen. Yeah. She, People yeah. still watch Steven Seagal movies, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> that should just be Ronda Rousey all the time. Is this one of those things she, where you watch them and you say people watch them? <laughs> because you're the only one I know right now. Who I've done them. way too much research in the Steven Seagal <laughs> movies lately. That dude put, puts out a movie every three weeks. And, and you know what they get reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes? Do tell. Uh, not well. Nothing! <laughs> Nobody reviews these movies. They, there's too many of them. No, there's still an appetite does, for them throughout like, the world. Does he make them in his bathroom with a handheld camera? Like, no, What it is, <laughs> everyone knows, his martial art, Aikido, it's all about dodging right. the bad stuff and using their momentum mm-hmm. against them. So he just he gets out of the way of those tomatoes is all that is. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, what's up, Daily Motion? Make sure to <laughs> love, follow, and subscriptionate. I totally would be down for an Under Siege remake with Ronda Rousey. Right, yeah, I think. Sure. I think seriously, she could pull off some fucking moves more, like more convincingly than Steven, mm-hmm. someone like Steven Seagal now. God, you said that, uh, and all I can think of is like, "Hey, YouTube, welcome to my unboxing video. Today, I'll be unboxing <laughs> this guy's spleen." <laughs> I'm gonna put it right here next to my Shopkins. <laughs> Today, I'll be dodging cans of my branded energy drink that are thrown at me by Stone Cold Steve Austin himself. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I said I wasn't doing that shit. Every time I try and do a Steve Austin impression, it sounds like I'm trying to talk while suppressing a burp. <laughs> it, it did sound like your mouth farted. Uh, what? Uh. Maybe that's his secret. Like he never said anything unless he was suppressing a burp. Could be. Well, Thanksgiving dinner was really good, but I I'm not ready to wait in Black Friday line. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yes, we we are going to talk about. Uh, Wrestlers in non-wrestling games playing mostly non-wrestling roles right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. <laughs> There will definitely be spoilers coming, and I got one of the greatest people ever to participate in a, a thought barrage on Endgame. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Baker. Wow, that's that's quite the intro. Greatest people ever, um, dude. But just you know. but I'm so I have so many questions about the Marvel universe. I've been texting with Brett. He asked me to relay some of his thoughts, but I just wanted to get the, get it out immediately because one, I, I didn't feel Endgame was coming. Again, I'll, I'll, we'll keep the spoilers light for the beginning, but you really shouldn't listen to this unless you've seen it. The promotional materials don't tell you a fucking thing about this movie. I love it. It's it's crazy. I've never seen a movie hold so like hold so many cards back in its promotional materials and I wasn't truly excited about the movie because they weren't really showing us what the movie was I think there are about there are over a hundred surprises in this thing that you will not see coming yeah every few minutes and you know the, the the plot goes places that you know even if you know the comics there might be like things where you think something's going to happen because you know the comics and then it doesn't above all else though it's just a good movie right. that is uh, you know, kind of the perfect way to cap this whole 11-year journey we've all been on. Right. 
Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what? Sports entertainers uh-huh. in non-wrestling No, 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 no. Superstars. You're right. In non-sports <laughs> entertainment games. My God, what would the WWE universe say about my, my faux pas? Sports entertainers are one firing away from becoming adult entertainers. <laughs> Some of them yeah. Yeah, yeah, cross that line, yes. Uh, or so I've heard. <laughs> well, um, one of them arguably is in this next Hello. clip. Number five. Ooh. Video prompt link on view screen. Drew and I are in position. I'll keep checking in with you. Rock and roll major. Well, I know who that is. Yeah, who is it? That would be... Cocoin. Yeah. Uh, that is Thunderlips himself, brother. Yeah, Thunderlips in... Thunder in Paradise, yeah. It is none other than Terry Bola. <laughs> <laughs> who who actually once uh, pretended to strangle you on camera, Chris. That was, that was crazy, man. <laughs> You're the only... Like, like, I, like I've said, like, I, I'm 6'3 and like 250 pounds. Mm-hmm. You could still fit me inside Hulk Hogan and oh. get through airport security. <laughs> wow. That dude yeah. is huge. You experienced one of Hulk's five moves. All right. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently you can fit Hulk Hogan inside of Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> what? Everybody knows Matt. Careful, careful. He's going to take yeah. down Laser Time Media. Uh-huh, <laughs> Next uh-huh. thing you know, we'll be going to court. Uh-huh. Free it's speech. not my fault. Uh, her vagina makes people racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Magical vagina. Uh, <laughs> but yes, out of my point is just out of the four people in this virtual room, you're the only one who's made actual physical contact with this man. But uh, Thunder in Paradise... I, you pointed this out to me, Matt, and it is... Wait, this, there's a Thunder in Paradise game? Yes, for CDI. It is a treasure. It, oh. you, you all should go oh. on YouTube and watch the playthrough of this. It is amazing because, number one, that show is like a permanent relic of the era when people didn't know what computers did yet. And so it's like, imagine if the producers of Baywatch made, like, the cheapest sci-fi show imaginable yeah. with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> well, isn't it... it in it was Florida. Filmed in Florida. It, yes. it is Florida's answer to Baywatch, it's, it's Florida's it's, answer to Baywatch, and it's also Knight Rider, except it's with Hulk Hogan <laughs> and another guy and their talking boat. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so... <laughs> What they, you know what, Baywatch is a pretty good mm-hmm. show, but I really think it'd be better in a, a swamp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so for this this CDI game, what they did was they shot it wow. as like alongside or a lo- as as part of this two part uh, these two episodes that they were doing this two parter <laughs> and the the non interactive TV show which you can watch in this game it's it's the episode is just called <laughs> the Major and the Minor. <laughs> and the plot is that some sort of military android is imprinted with Hulk Hogan's thoughts and escapes to try and kidnap Hulk Hogan's daughter so that the bad guy can use her as bait to uh, to draw Hulk Hogan Kidnaps out. Brooke Hogan? Uh, not his real daughter. No, not oh, his real daughter. His his daughter on the TV show, which is, I think her name's Jessica. You mean to tell me this game was Quantum Break before Quantum Break? Or, yeah. quantum, or whatever quantum what is it's, it? it's quantum break yeah, yeah you had it right uh, I'll grind your bones to make Jimmy Hart's moose 
I think last week didn't I say Quantum Leap instead of Quantum Probably, Ray. probably. But uh, you know, it's one of those like GameStop, GameSpot things. Um, it's it's it, like please tell me this game. Uh, I, this was only pointed out to me somewhat recently. If you watch the Thunder in Paradise opening, which is like uh, the kids in the hall, but in like Brighton, Florida. Like just driving along the coastline, and then you just see someone like mercilessly throw a black lab into the water against oh, its will. It's like it's just in the it's in the intro. Like alligators are hungry. The show is like if I'm Baywatch. A dog. The show is Baywatch meets Dog the Bounty Hunter, basically. Yeah, it's, kind it's of like, again with a talking boat, um, and and lots of weird CG and uh, military hardware that doesn't exist. And uh, one of the military pieces of hardware is this android that escapes who's called the major which is an acronym for something stupid and uh hulk hogan's nephew uh has he he has like harness huh yeah horace hogan no 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 i'm just referring to the the character as hulk hogan because i couldn't be bothered to learn his name like spencer something (laughs) no one could but I'm I'm looking it up. It is uh, Randolph J. Hurricane Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a fourth. Yeah. But uh, he like this is the plot of the game that you are playing as this kid who's tagging along and uh, can use laser guns and exert some sort of control over the android. Uncle Spence, take me with you. No, you stay here. Uncle Spence, please. I'm the only one who can override the major's priority orders. Ow. <clears throat> With the Neuralink, all we have to do is use these soft guns to deplete the Major's auto defense. Then I can get in and take control. And with the Neuralink, I can sometimes see what the Major sees so we can find out where he's at. You guys are toast without me. Yes, but only sometimes. Mm-hmm. So this is, it's mostly FMV. A lot of it uh, is shared in common with the TV show or it's like, the same scenes shot from different angles or with different priorities. Like we had to focus on this character instead of this other character that's in the TV show. Um, the TV show, by the way, which I felt like lasted a lot longer, but it was only 22 episodes. Yeah, it was, it was like they, a single They carved season. into 90-minute movies so you'd see them on video store shows. Mm-hmm. And called it like Thunder in Paradise 2, Thunder in Paradise 3. It started as a movie. Yeah, and I think hmm. the, the failing of this show and property is why, what drove Hogan back into wrestling mm-hmm. via the WCW. But yeah, you get you get lots of. Uh, I, I guess I, I read that the the TV show script was thirty four pages, and then this game script was one hundred and thirty four pages. Oh, wow. a, a lot of which consists of characters talking to the camera like this. We're short on time. We'll go that way. You go this way. Find the major. You got one shot, so make it count. Move. And uh, there are like three action sequences in the game where you're actually playing. Uh, one is it. One is you're like shooting from the boat and uh the others are like you're you're going around on foot through fmv backgrounds and it's like mad dog mccree where it'll just the movie will stop all of a sudden and uh fmv dudes will pop out from behind rocks and you'll shoot at them i i distinctly remember thinking at one point fmv was the future Mm -hmm. video games like mad dog mccree was the game in arcanes if it was there i was i was playing i'll I'll, I'll never forget that um when i was a teenager uh maybe about 16 17 i went to this art institute of seattle summer program that was like a week and they had a guy come and talk to us who was yeah this was probably like 94 95 uh around the time that killer instinct was in arcades okay and he came and talked to us and said like yeah right now you're seeing a lot of uh 3D rendered graphics. I'm here to tell you that's a fad. 
All right, the future <laughs> is interactive movies. This is where video games are going to go. This is what they'll all be in a few years. And he had, like, the Johnny Mnemonic FMV game that he was showing off as an example. And, like, my God, I've, I, thank God he was that wrong. That man is prepping yeah. for the Netflix uh, summit at E3 this year. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> talk they're giving. <laughs> or, or Cybermania 2019. Please look up Cybermania, the TNT video game awards focused entirely on CD-ROMs hosted by Leslie Nielsen and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Sweet. Oh, wow. It's that one period where, like, yeah, we hear Nintendo's doing something, but all these other CD interactive FMV games, that's that. Is where mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that is where we're going. That is where no man's. Well, that that was what was exciting in, uh, investors at the time, yeah. Especially yeah. in Hollywood, it's like, oh man, we can make interactive movies. This will be great. I have Encarta at home. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. So this will be just more of that. But um, uh, the last time I, w- I was in L.A., I believe I said I told that story somewhere else. I had an hour long conversation with a team of people whose job it was to make interactive VR movies, who also had not heard of Steam. Oh Jesus, Ooh, that's bad. That's really bad. (laughs) But um, the Thunder in Paradise game, I swear to God, this had to be like one of the inspirations for Blood Dragon because Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, because it is so ridiculous and so over the top. And they let they give a kid access to uh, high tech their their boats, high tech weapon systems. You neuralink me into the system. I can monitor, lock and destroy incoming weaponry and give the drones a bad haircut. This isn't a video game, Zach. Around here, game over has a whole other meaning. I hate to say it, brother, but the kid's right. This may be our only chance. Circus music. <laughs> While he deliberates. Thunder, open external control channel. Yes! External control switched for manual phase lock. Okay, kid. You're linked up to Thunder's weaponry. Show us your stuff. Going to phase lock sync now! <laughs> this means something. Uh, but I'm just I'm just trying to get into Hogan's head. I bet he thought he was free of ever having to wrestle again. <laughs> I'm such a big star. Yeah. I'm gonna do this forever. Mm-hmm. I'll never have to give the leg drop to someone and damage my spine. Suburban Commando was a beloved movie. This is how much of a mark for Hogan I was. Is that I completely forgave him this mm. whole series. It was well. Hold on, hold on, Maddie. Like we are we are three years out from The Sopranos. Television sucked. This That's is fine. true. I, like, yeah. like, it, like, if you liked Hulk Hogan, this was fun. Isn't this on USA, too? This is feels Probably. like a very USA show. It, it was the sort of TV that would have been widely accepted at the time, and now, like, nobody nobody can make something this awful again. We tried to stop him, but he took her. Who is he? This big guy. Ugly. He had a face that was half covered with metal. Darius Rampike. <laughs> <laughs> That's my porno name, Darius Rampike. I thought that was one of the horses that just ran in the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> it's Darius Rampike by a nose. Uh, but oh yes, like, like I said, this is a treasure. I'm sure it's not wow. a good game, but yeah. uh, you should all go look it up on YouTube. It's it's such a Holy you know it's a time capsule of another era. I liked it when Darius Rampike left Hootie and the Blowfish mm-hmm, and did his mm-hmm. solo thing. Ah, yeah. I thought he was good. <laughs> yeah, man, those are the best Burger King commercials I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, moving on. <laughs> Number four. Alex, get the interceptor to the transport truck. Nostra is closing in. Nostra isn't closing in. They're here. Oh, shit. Get out of there! Don't worry. I'm on my way. 
Wow, second weaponized vehicle game on this list. Yeah, but this is probably the the game everyone expects to hear about with this topic. No, no, I, I was just thinking about this like a week ago, and like really? I'm still Why? unclear as to where. How did this unfold? Well, it's still unclear. Yeah, I I totally forgot this game actually came out. This is Spy Hunter: Nowhere to Run. Mm-hmm. The That's Spy right. if Hunter. If you're if you're young, you don't remember the series Spy Hunter, but it was resurrected on like Xbox and PS2 in a really great game yeah right i loved it in the arc the arcade version yeah you see i don't i don't know that that well, well the arcade but the, version the, was great. The, it was the remake in, in the 2000s was so fucking good it it elevated the brand uh to the point where dwayne johnson could be in pulse yeah, yeah somehow, well, well the way this game came about is he was involved with the movie tie-in mm-hmm. that did not end up happening it see, ended up in development hell yeah i had i had heard at one point that it had been made and shelved indefinitely yeah, it could uh, be. But what what I reading up about it again, I think it was just stuck in development hell and it went through a bunch of directors and other people and it got to the point where like The Rock was no longer involved. So yeah. this was all back in 2003, so short of like uh like a very nostalgic push behind it, like I can't imagine this. Yeah, this is it way sounds... way before The Rock had headline a movie, oh, for yeah. real. It this sounds is, like The Rock is it sounds like The Rock is reading a book report. <laughs> yeah, it's not his best work. This, this was before he was like, oh, The Rock, ad, action star who shows up in everything. Like, right. I think. In summation, jabronis. Yep, yep. Compare this with Moana. Like, his voice acting work has gotten much, much better in this time. Yeah. But, you know, he still had a certain. You're welcome. Still had a certain <laughs> The Rock charm to him. Would you guys yeah. believe I'm just here to rotate the tires? Didn't think so. <laughs> All right, the, 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 the spark is still there, but we're still we're not at like Jumanji Rock, we're at Chef no. Boyardee Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is early. Rock. I remember those commercials. Pre-acting lessons, Rock. Uh, but uh, but I, I have more more sound clips of plot. The scientist who helped Nostra rebuild the interceptor might be on board, and you've been ordered to take him out. On to check the research lab. <laughs> so I get to steal a car. And make a hit. Must be my lucky day. Sounds like The Rock stepped in a hot pile of plot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to put that, I think. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I never really played this game. I mean, he's up against some sort of nefarious organization called Nostra. And early on in the game, they managed to steal not only his, his magic car, but uh, the scientist who created it. And so he's told to go and kill that scientist but then he finds out like oh no how do you like working for nostra i've heard you made some upgrades to the go-kart alex they sent you to kill me nothing personal just following orders since when do you follow orders give me a good reason not to maybe i won't how about if i help you get out of here as long as you let me drive turn off your iphone alarm (laughs) people can change any time Oh, my eggs are done. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, the big criticism of the game uh, at the time was, like, the driving is fine, but then there's all this on-foot stuff yeah. where you're, like, you're, you're doing third-person shooty spy stuff, and it's like, that's not as much fun. It wasn't great. Oh, yeah. they Tony Hawk Ford it. Good. Yeah. 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 This was very much the phase of Rock's acting career where his move was just sounding like he was flirting with everyone he mm-hmm. was talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see you played the Rocks game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Now, does this relate at all to... So there was sort of a forgotten Spy Hunter remake. Spy Hunter 2, which yeah. came out mm-hmm. in like 2002. Yeah. Does this tie in with that at all, or is this a completely separate thing? Well, Did think, that game kick off interest in the series? I again? think that game kicked off interest in the series. So this was... The, I, I take up... I think I said this was 2003. It's 2006. 2006, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this was... That series... The, the reboot had... Uh, sparked interest in a movie, and so mm. the movie was in production, and they're like, hey, let's make a game based on the movie. Right. I remember the reboot being pretty okay. It wasn't bad at all. Like, no, it was, it, was, it was good. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think the Xbox port, or like whatever, it, it started out on... No, that, that that game was fucking great. It's really yeah. good. I forget it's, if it PS2 started on Xbox, Xbox or PS2, but yeah. then whatever it got ported to next was a critical flop. Mm. It's like, they're like, no, the original game is wonderful. This this port sucks. Mm. And then uh, Spy Hunter 2, I can't even remember how that was received. Yeah, well, I mean it, it's the it's the same thing. It, it came out like almost less than a year later because mm. Midway Games like had the scent of a hit and then ruined everything. Yep. Oh. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a shame. I do love if you, I don't know. One one I, rock talking to a woman. This is not a hot take. I'm asking a question here. The rock movies I've seen, he doesn't get romantically involved. Hmm. It, am I am I nuts here? Is it like I haven't seen Skyscraper? Or the Tooth Fairy in a while. Shit, I'm trying to think in that fucking earthquake movie uh, in L.A. Mm. If, if he San Andreas, San Andreas. Mm. It's yeah, weird. Rock have... is an action star who doesn't get. I mean, he talked. He always things. talked about how he ate Putang pie. Right. <laughs> Never saw it. Maybe I want to see it with talk. a Hollywood budget. <laughs> I want to see it explode like the San Andreas Fault. Um, I mean, it, it, Hobbs and Shaw is a it's a love story. You know, it's a romantic comedy. That's mm, what that movie's going to be. Yeah, basically. It implies he had sex because he has a daughter. But other than that, like, I think it's weird. Rock's a Hollywood lead, but you don't see him get get ladies. No, he's he's the Kazuma Kiryu of Hollywood, and it's just like he could be a virgin for all we know. It's yeah, like, if you didn't see Rampage, he pretty much dates a gorilla. Oh. <laughs> he's so big, it might be scary looking. Well, it's it's on account of his scorpion dick, his scorpion king dick. Yeah, it scares people away. Yeah, and, 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 and shaped and like a scorpion and has his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those two pinchers on it. Yeah, it's a little uh, jarring. And, and it looks a lot like a PS2 model. It had, the CGI on his dick has not aged well. Mm. Yeah, it's and, true. And, and if you if you like Hollywood rumors, um, he's got a bit of a beef with Vin Diesel. Mm. Yeah, and that's, because that's uh, Vin Diesel doesn't like that. Uh, He's the worst part of his series. I understand, mm-hmm. but uh, but Fast and Furious is great. It's better with Rock in it, and uh, the only other game I can think about like this is the Wheelman, which had yeah. Vin Diesel, which had Vin Diesel, right? Which was supposed to be a movie that never came to fruition, but mm-hmm. like Vin Diesel went like because he likes games, went whole hog into the game, and the game's perfectly playable and, and fun. And that was kind of in a weird reverse where it was like it was supposed to begin as a game and then have a movie that yeah. was like the follow up to the game, mm-hmm. and the movie just never materialized. What a but, terrible idea! And and even though. Um, the Wheelman was published by Ubisoft. I believe it was co-produced by Midway. So, oh, okay. So they they went from Spy Hunter Nowhere to Run to The Wheelman. I always get those confused with Driver because mm. Driver has segments where you can get out of the car as well. Yeah. Well, The Wheelman was also like it did have some cool stuff going for it. Like you could, that was one of the few games where you can jump out of your car and jump to other cars, mm. which, as far as I know, you can only do in Sleeping Dogs and Pursuit Force. Well then, in, yeah, well in Driver, really, they, in, I think it was a Driver 
Game Boy or the DS game, you could like transfer your no that that's the the driver of San Francisco. You could transfer your consciousness in, yeah. into another driver. That's a little driver. bit different, though. <laughs> but what's really funny and like and speaking of Wheelman, and while I'm not in my right mind, they, they, they were so clearly going for a movie or a likable character that you have this character whose job it is to drive recklessly. Mm-hmm. But he can't kill cops, and we would change. We were streaming it on uh, YouTube.com/slash/LaserTime, and you can see you can see us hit cops, and they fly up in the air, and they just fall down and land on their feet and walk away <laughs> because we we can't launch a, we can't launch a hero like this who's just yeah. running. Well, through it, isn't officer. he like an undercover cop? Also, the Wheelman. He might be Milo Burek. I am Groot. Yeah. <laughs> I ask you who you were? I'm Sly Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> or Frank Stallone, if you believe, you know, our, our canon from last week's show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. As we established, Frank Stallone dogs just like Sly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's well known. <laughs> it Sometimes is no, about as well known as Frank. Girl, I come in the room and just do it too. <laughs> That's a bad joke, but you know they did it. You know they did it. <sighs> they rock go. <laughs> All right, let's let's jump to another car. Number three. See what I did there. I'm gonna shake your shocks, bend your rims. I'm gonna easy there, soldier. You're excited. Get it? I am hell machine more bigger, I big, don't know this better is. than bad. It's time I showed you what me time is all about. Me time it doesn't even make sense. Sure it does. Oh wow. It's got. Uh, that's got to be Elias. <laughs> this is the last credit on Randy Savage's IMDb page. Wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> he is Ooh. Il Machismo in Cars Raceorama. Yeah. Yeah. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. What? It was the last so, like, Cars the Pixar game cars? made PS2. Did I stutter? Yeah. I said it. <clears throat> he's he's Il Machismo in, in Cars Raceorama. Yeah. What? It was the a so he's... he's in the Cars universe, but only the games. Only the games. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh my god! And he's he's a a big off road car. Who's he's an off road truck, right? He's a, yeah. He's a, yeah. Well, it's it's hard to tell. Like he could just be a really bulky car, but uh, yeah, probably a truck. But he yeah it was a real stretch in my acting ability. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, has some sort of rivalry going on with Lightning McQueen, and when you beat him, he does not take it well at all. Who's supposed to be me time? Bigger than big, better than bad. You! It's you and Motorco's fault. I need more RPMs. Bigger tires, bigger shocks, bigger vendors, bigger everything to crush y'all! You had lust in your eyes, Lightning, yeah! <laughs> that was such a good promo. I, I expected Vince, I expected Gene. Mean Gene to throw back the ring. That was <laughs> all right. That's that Saturday at the Silverdome. <laughs> all right, that's the baddest monster truck I've ever seen. Back to you, Vince. Much better, Mean Gene. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I, I I love that Randy Savage had a, a career as a voice actor, just reprising his wrestling character. Yeah. Like right. Well, that's but that's the thing about Sa- I, I don't know. I, I I've been learning more about him, and, and you've, if you are a talk radar listener, like I when he died, I just became like. This is the greatest entertainer of all time. He yelled at full volume mm-hmm. his entire life. Yep. Yeah. He dressed in the most extravagant threads anyone has ever seen, and he threw his body 
from links you cannot imagine constantly for your entertainment. Like, and here's what the thing more about can you ask for, from a human being. That voice is iconic, and um, from all accounts, from people who played baseball with him when he was a minor league baseball player, that is literally how he talked. Yeah, wow. yeah and, and even if it wasn't how he talked, like, didn't you guys might know more? He, the Poffos, Randy Poffo, that's his real name, mm-hmm. owned a promotion. Like, he's from old school wrestling. He lived his gimmick. Yeah. So he he never didn't talk like that ever. I mean, watch an interview with him. Like, oh yeah. I think George W. Bush is going to give John Kerry a run for his money. Yeah, I mean, to the point he like lived it, it everything in front of the camera. He was really married to Miss Elizabeth. That wasn't just like yeah. a kayfabe marriage. Like that was, and then they they broke up. You know, they like all the on screen drama was was sort of. It, I'm not going to say it was inspired by behind the scenes drama, but there was behind the scenes drama happening as well in that marriage. So yeah, they 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 answered the public's questions by playing out their divorce as part of a storyline. It's it's all very strange, but it's like it's part of the way wrestling used to work when people were super committed to making sure everyone thought it was real. Mm-hmm. And and Savage grew up in that world, and I I am fascinated to learn what he really sounded like. But there are almost literally no audio recordings. Well, you can you can at least sound hear what it sounds like when Lightning McQueen oh, breaks his back and makes him humble. The others and I wanted to. Apologize for how we behaved on the track. Yeah, you're better than bad. Faster than fast. Sorry, I don't understand. He means that he likes the way you race. <laughs> this is the most Ugh. wholesome thing we've had in a VGA yep. yep. in so long. This makes me so I, happy. I, I but I but I love that about Savage. I was only I was only saying that stuff about his personality because he was hired to do voice work more than you would think mm-hmm. but only as savage yeah he did it well he did a great uh character on a dexter's sort of, lab yeah dexter's lab called raslor yeah. <laughs> he's basically like uh he's like thanos coming to earth to battle its mightiest heroes at, and he's threatening to i to am inevitable but he's also one of those guys that when you think what does a professional wrestler sound like like the when people like make fun of wrestler promos like they're screaming at the top of their lungs they're basically in, impersonating Randy Savage. Like that's mm-hmm. he was that guy. You know. Yeah. Like, so and, and he look, made a great. Dragon can you do the voice? Room. You could do the voice, but can you do sleight of hand with coffee creamer? <laughs> that was amazing. That, it's so good. It's one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Wow, man. <laughs> and yes, like I would, I, I would, I would literally sacrifice like twenty presidents to have Randy Savage alive. Oh man. Only 20? Seriously. Do, should we give him his honorable mention as well? This isn't Randy's only famous video game appearance. This is the official one. Though. I mean, the Skyrim mm-hmm. one is probably his biggest. It's it's the probably most well-known. Yeah, 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 the Skyrim yeah. mod that yeah. turns all of the Death Claws. No, no it's, all it's the a, dragons. The dra- oh, Death see, Claws are a Fallout thing. I, but there was a Fallout mod that made all the Death Claws Randy Savage as well. It was there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know on, on TDAR we played a, a Left 4 Dead mod that turned all the tank sound effects into... <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm wild! Yeah. Uh, I, I love the, the the Skyrim mod, I think, turns the, the dragon music into, like, Disco Inferno. And then it's just like, oh, well, yeah! Pomp and circumstance, and he gets a uh, fucking... He gets a studded cowboy hat yeah. every dragon. And, and boots. Like, cowboy boots on the dragon, if I remember right. <laughs> and they just, like, get the Randy Savage face and just, like, distends its jaw to breathe fire. My, my. That's much more than most wrestlers today. That's what was great about Savage because if you even if you never watched wrestling, you knew who he was. You could recognize him on in silhouette. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just you could recognize his hat. 
Yeah, the hat and the glasses yeah. are kind of it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm only bummed that he's he's a little lower on our list than I would prefer. But you may not like it, but accept it, yeah, mm-hmm. accept it, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, uh, Snap it, and I think Snap one of his, his last human appearances for real. It sucks, but it's like um, him without the glasses, the gray hair, but like uh, talking. In a world before YouTube, talking like, I'm here talking with my buddies at IGN about Legends of WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's doing spokes, spokesman work, not for the WWE, but for the people publishing a, what what would you call it, legacy wrestler Wasn't game. Wasn't that an Acclaim game or something? It was, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was Acclaim. Yeah, it was last game. The, the thing but with like, him without... That's, that's his last like in-person appearance, I believe. The thing with him without glasses, though, is it's terrifying. When, when you see oh, him... His eyes are so beady. He has, Cover he has beady eyes, but he always has crazy eyes. Like it's just like yeah. put the glasses back on, dude. You are terrifying <laughs> without the glasses. He looks he looks like that like close up of Tyler Durden. You're not your fucking kick, man. <laughs> yeah. He looks like that internet meme of that guy with the veins bulging out in his neck, like trying to hold a shit. You know, he's like Aah! Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not kidding. Like I, I again I'm not even the biggest wrestling fan in the world, but I think Randy Savage is one of the greatest entertainers our world has ever known. I love that guy. He was pretty great. And and I would happily throw anybody in, on mic right now into a Thanos pit to get a soul stone to resurrect them. <laughs> I wish you were all dead and Savage was alive. Aww. Oh, well, the feeling's mutual, buddy. <laughs> Maybe not Larry. He's been very kind to me. That's true. <laughs> You're testing my patience. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll go from uh, an icon like Randy Savage to guys that uh, I I know next to nothing about, but I hope you guys do, because it's time for... Number two. What is this, Matt? This is the... New Japan pro wrestling cameo of several wrestlers in Yakuza Six. So it's it's n- whoa what? It's not just a, a cameo. It is a, a whole subplot. It's a mechanic too. It, it's to like the game, a, isn't yeah. It? It's like a side mission thing where there is this gang called Justice, like J U S T I S, and it's headed by the six lunatics who are six real, all played by six real New Japan pro wrestlers playing fictional versions of themselves. You've got uh, Kazuchika Okada, who's who's the leader of it. And in that clip I just played, he's telling some guy like, oh yeah, I need you to go to this neighborhood and here are some funds, is the translation on screen. And he just like does this thing where like <laughs> throws his arms wide and like... Uh, Money sprays well, everywhere. His finisher is the Rainmaker, right? Yeah, and and Okada is like the biggest thing in NJPW. Still, he's the guy that a few years ago had a series of matches with Kenny Omega that yeah. finally was like breaking through to people in North America. Started to pay attention to NJPW. Uh, Okada is their their top guy. So to get Okada is like actually a huge win. Yeah. So he he's our leader. It's also Toru Yano, uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, mm-hmm. Satoshi Kojima. Yep. Tetsuya Naito and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah. So I said the three most Yeah, exactly. The three the three most recognizable it's so Naito, Okada, and Tanahashi. Those are mm-hmm. those are the three 
really top of the card big guys in in New Japan, or at least at the time Yakuza Six came out. Uh, in in the my the series I I love the most that I recently discovered. I love Yakuza. So oh, right. it's so good. I think I saw a quote the other day. I, I always talk about like it's if is as if Shenmu had continued and was good. But the quote that I saw was even better. It was like, it's Shenmue, but you can do stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sort of. (laughs) You probably commit fewer crimes than you do in Shenmue. (laughs) Oh, the ability to run Mm -hmm. and not do menial minimum wage work. (laughs) But Wonderful. If you you play these games a lot, you get used to... People hearing people refer to uh, Kazuma Kiryu, the protagonist, as Dojima Noryu, like the dragon of Dojima, and uh, Tetsuya Naito, uh, you can hear him doing it in this clip. Kiryu-san, so to translate, he's uh, Naito's looking at Kiryu and is like, "No, you're the one who's interesting to me. Uh, you're like the fourth chairman of the Tojo Clan, whatever Kiryu's title is, Dragon of Dojima, Kazuma Kiryu." And then like this guy who's hanging out with Kiryu is like, "What? You're in the Yakuza?" And that just strikes me as so funny. And Kiryu's like, no, I, I used to be. Now I'm just a civilian. But, uh, yeah, you, you fight these guys in the clan builder mode. Because you, you are building your own uh, Yakuza clan, sort of, from, like... It probably has no connotation in Japan that makes anybody uncomfortable. No. No, I'm sure. <laughs> Isn't this the one where... Didn't we play a song from this a few months ago? Is that the, the Jojima... Yeah, the... <laughs> no, um... The, the construction. Yeah, the construction. The construction yeah, scene. I'm, I'm blanking on... Who's his friend with the eye patch? Oh, God. Uh, the, the the mad dog of... Oh, shit, yeah, Majima. 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 Not, Majima, not Dojima. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Majima. Yeah, so this this is where what it has in the New Japan guys singing on the construction site, right? I, uh, I don't know if they sing it exactly, oh, okay. but they, they are among the people that you can recruit for oh, this. Oh, okay, okay. But yes, they are, they are six actual pro wrestlers all playing themselves when you beat them. Uh, in in these big uh, clan battles and then boss fights, then yeah. then they will join your roster and you can use them in battle. Love it, yeah, because they're, they're all just like, yeah, we uh, we used to be in gangs and then these vigilantes in justice came and beat us up and so we joined them <laughs> and now we're all criminals again. But we just yeah. want to join who's ever strongest. Uh, New Japan had a recent tie-in. Well, in addition to they kind of had that official expansion of Fire Pro Wrestling, the mm-hmm. wrestling game, so it doesn't count for this. They were in Tekken. Uh, sort of. They they oh, basically yeah. they had a bunch of of official gear from like New Japan wrestlers that you could like outfit your guys. So so you could like dress King up with with New Japan wrestler gear yeah. and stuff like that. You know, who's who's already got the pro wrestler? Well, he's got like the leopard mask on. Yeah, he's I, always been a pro wrestler. Right, I think he's right. supposed to be a Mexican pro wrestler. I think so. He's a luchador. So you can put your fighters in underwear, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. No, he's a Swedish lucha guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um, but yes, of course, the, the big bad again is uh, Okada, the Rainmaker. You can hear him say in there, Rainmaker. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was his like uh, villain persona when he went back to New Japan Pro Wrestling after TNA, I think. 
I looked at his Wikipedia page. Okay. Don't, don't be Such impressed. Such a classy, classy name for wrestling organization. <laughs> hey, hey. It's Impact. it's Impact Wrestling now, guys. Get ah, it straight. Ah, sure. Stands no. for Total Nonstop Action. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I, I love Yakuza. I wish I had more time to really delve into these what, gigantic what, 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 fucking Michael, games. Yeah. Wait, wait. What? What is your favorite Yakuza game? If I can ask. Uh, zero. It's still zero. zero. Really good. Zero. I mean, zero. two. Sometimes. Two is really good because because of all the refinements they made to the fight system. Kiwami two. I mean, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, zero is. I still... love zero because of the eighties aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like it's so. W- good. When? When did zero come out? Two years ago. Three, maybe. Three. Okay. Yeah. I know we streamed it, but Dave was the guy who had to know everything. Uh, I, I, I recommend get it on Steam. It's twenty dollars full mm. price on Steam. You can usually get it on sale or whatever, but. Uh, you can do all kinds of fun stuff with the graphics. I think I think you can unlock the frame rate so you can get it like super high frames if, if you have Ooh. a good card and stuff. It it looks Dude, they very are, pretty. They are so good. No, they're great. These games, they're great. Mm-hmm. I fucking love. Them. Actually, didn't didn't Kiwami Two just come to Steam like pretty recently? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So they're all out there. It's an okay. Epic Store exclusive. No, 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 no. This is Steam. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I think Steam has been pretty good to Sega because they've just been like. I think starting with like Valkyria Chronicles, they realize like, oh, we can port our games to PC and yeah. they'll do really well. Oh, I... you can make money on PC. People mm-hmm. don't just always pirate games. Yeah, we yeah. should yeah. we should put stuff on there and see how it does. And it did really. You well. mean people in America play games on the PC that don't involve a flashlight? <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. I mean, you think I'm saying something racist, but that was legitimately the mindset of Japanese companies like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm like PC, that's the porn platform. Why are we putting games on for that? porn and pirates? What are we uh, doing over there? Maybe they were predicting the future because I don't know if you guys have visited your Steam store recently. But, yeah, uh, yeah. They they kind of threw open the door to Japanese porn games, didn't they? <laughs> to all porn games. Yeah. There's yeah. a setting you can turn all that stuff off. So mm-hmm. I recommend you do that if you want to like see the actual video game selection in the store. Eh. <laughs> Good games are games, man. <laughs> I wouldn't want to censor. Right. Sorry, Michael. Well, I I hate Twitter, but one of my favorite tweets was uh, "Don't interfere with my art," and it was a guy demoing DOA VR like by bouncing his head into the boobs of a girl playing volleyball. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> as you do, play Yakuza. Yeah, play Yakuza. <laughs> This next one is also from an open world game, uh, but strangely not in Japanese. Keith, you know better. I'm telling you, you dumb son of a bitch. I'm trying to save your life. You couldn't even save your own. Keith, listen to me. I'm giving you a choice. Get away from me! <laughs> what game is this? Oh, Saints Row 4. Yes. <sighs> it's so weird to hear him oh. call him Keith. They're recre- this, this is Rowdy Roddy Piper recreating mm-hmm. the famous yes. They Live sequence with put on yeah. the damn glasses and mm-hmm. fight. But instead of... Uh, one of the best <laughs> movies ever made. Yes. Can I just say this real fast? Sure. Because sure. I love this movie so much. It is one of my favorite movies of all time, They Live. It is uh, really good, yeah. It, it's it's so unbelievable, and that's and that's when we talk about wrestlers outside of wrestling. Uh, Roddy Piper is kind of my favorite actor. He's really and good, and yes. they live like it's it's a very understated performance. But he's like 
it's legit acting. Like it's good acting. Like he's he's better than any role Hogan has ever played. Yep. And also perfectly. Have you ever, you seen, have you ever seen him on Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, that it's was like, about to bring that up. It's legit. He's, like because yeah. he's not playing like crazy Roddy. It's just like it's tortured Roddy, and it's it's amazing. And and I would he, I, I thought no one could hold a, a candle to a wrestler turned actor to Roddy Piper, but uh, Dave Bautista in not yeah. in Blade Runner twenty forty nine like that dude opens up the movie mm-hmm. in like such an emotional way I goddamn it's never the wrestlers you 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 would expect to be like the the really good actors but I love Roddy Piper and yeah. and and they live is so good stop what you're doing right now and go watch it mm-hmm. uh, South Park recreated that fight. Very famously, mm-hmm. remember? Mm-hmm. And I love that. Uh, was it shit? THQ at the time, or was it Silver Deep Silver? Mm, well, Deep Silver, I think, were, were the ones that put four. Up four for four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, uh, yeah, they basically did the, what South Park did, but with the original actors. Oh, wow! And it's one of the greatest scenes in cinematic history. Yeah, God yeah, damn. yeah. And uh, they keep going. Keith David has been brainwashed by Zinniak into thinking that you're you're the enemy. What is this place? A television broadcasting tower. What the hell's he gonna do with a broadcast tower? He's a crazy man with a microphone. What do you think he's gonna do? And I forgot to play the clip where Roddy introduces himself. Hey, I'm Roddy. Roddy Piper. Hey, I'm president of the United States. So fuck you. Sure. Why not? <laughs> well, Prez, we got visitors. <laughs> I love it. That is the that is the exact plot of well, of They Live that they end up revealing in They Live. Yeah, <laughs> They I like Live. It. By the way, I think it's my favorite ending in the history of cinema. Hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah. Ends ends with boobs. Yes. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> and, and, Pretty sorrow nice. and boobs. Normally you don't close it, on crazy. the breasts, but this movie yeah. does. It, it <laughs> takes risks is what I'm saying. Well, it was the 80s. People were expecting breasts. And it's like, here, here it is at the end. Now, But with it. like a skeleton the movie's face. over. Yep. Yeah. No, no, it's it's the boobs of a woman who's uh, with having the sex with, with the skeleton. That's what I mean, yeah. Face. So you yeah, immediately yeah. juxtapose with that shot. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Disturbing. No, I think the reason Roddy is so good in this stuff, he plays disturbed very well because if you know about his upbringing and his background, he was actually a really kind of distort. He was a tortured dude. Like he came, he's an orphan who wrestled bears to <laughs> <Right>. live. <laughs> like he he had it rough, and mm. so I think he's not he's not really playing so much a character as just being Roddy when he plays those characters. It's uh, yeah, he's really good at you it. You can tell he really believes that Zinyak is bad fucking news. <laughs> Keith, listen to me. This Zinyak guy is bad fucking news. You! <laughs> I told you to get away! Get the fuck away from me! You're not gonna kill me, motherfuckers! Shit! After him! I, I just love that Keith David is also giving 110% in this Hell scene. yeah, he is. Right! These are two of my favorite underrated people in the And Keith universe. David, by and the way, dressed like Lando Calrissian in full <laughs> betrayal gear. <laughs> it's so perfect. Remember, show some respect. It's Keith motherfucking David. Please. Sure. Goddamn. He ain't nobody for us. Now, this is not the only Saints Row appearance by a wrestler. Oh, no, no, no. It is not. Uh, both Saints Row uh, 3 and 4 featured appearances. Well, Three featured appearances by uh, Hulk Hogan as Angel de la Muerte. So you hate discomfort. That's the sort of weakness that luchadors will capitalize on. Unless you harden up, Killbane will crush you. But don't worry, 
I'll chisel you out of diamond. How? By making you experience the worst pain imaginable. Now come on. It's time for you to play in traffic. Right on. Wait, what? I'm going to make you watch my sex tape experience the worst pain imaginable. I can't get past the Karate Kid training theme song that was playing in the uh-huh. background. Now. Yeah, Stan Bush. Hulk Hogan doing accents. That's great. <laughs> was he doing an accent? I couldn't I tell. Did, that just sounded like old Terry Bollea to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not, yeah, not to be like too much of a wrestling fanboy, but like, didn't Hogan suck compared to Roddy's performance? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no it yeah. was terrible. No, Hulk Hogan's best voice work is in China, Illinois as the Dean, which is an amazing <laughs> yes, when he's character. at full volume. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just constantly screaming and tearing things in half. As the Dean? Yes. I really hope this doesn't awaken something in me. Wrong Dean. There is no God. No God, no God, no God, no God. Just us people trying to party before we die. <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. Homie, don't Dean this. <laughs> <laughs> now that's not the only wrestler in the Saints Row game. Rob no. Van Dam. Rob Van Dam is one of the announcers on the, the the Genki events. He's Bobby. Careful what you say there, Zach. Remember what happened to us both after the breakdown at the end of the last show. Uh, the Warrens have uh, very big hands, Bobby. Yes, they do. I'm just glad to be able to sit down comfortably. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Well, like my eighth grade gym teacher used to say. Probe is no joke. Oh, you said that one. I hope our contestant is doing better than I am right now. But he's actually doing a voice. Yeah, that's just, Rob Van Dam does not sound... Well, I should say Rob Van Dam's character does not sound like that. Although I did meet Rob Van Dam in person one time very briefly, and his mm-hmm. his real-life voice sounds very similar to his wrestling laid-back stoner dude character, because, uh, top secret info here, he's a laid-back stoner dude. Mm. Yeah. I would imagine so if he's on the Saints Row uh, postcast. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that one just kind of feels like he just happened to be around, and they're like, hey, you, you want to jump in here and record mm-hmm. something? Yeah, man, cool, whatever, man. Yeah, I, I know that they couldn't do the same for Roddy, though. Oh, come on, we've got to save Kinsey. Wish we could call Roddy for help. No one calls Roddy for help. He shows up where he's needed most. Yep. <laughs> but I, 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 again, I, I'm not... The most articulate wrestling fan in the world, uh, and I, I, I'm experimenting with borrowed muscle relaxers, so I apologize for how I sound. I mean, you're, you're in good company with other pro wrestlers in that case. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Medicating a problem that I can never run away from. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but I think the reason Hulk Hogan was so popular because Roddy Piper was so good. At least from the era I grew up He was in. a good foil. Roddy Piper scared me so much as a, a heel. Is a bad guy. I mean, I I, think, I, I was so I, afraid of him. I wanted to see him hurt. And I think I, people like to shit on Hogan now, but he did have something. No, no. Back a then, very I told special you, I something. Totally marked he, out. He's he fine. was. Yeah. Back back in the day, Hulk Hogan was pro wrestling. Yeah. Like, yeah, he brought it mainstream. Oh, no, he he I, I had a, to take away. But he had a Saturday morning cartoon show. Hulk Hogan's right. rock and wrestling. Who Roddy oh, Piper was that. the main bad right. guy against. See, I think the first Hogan feud I can remember, uh, and I might just be making this up, but I feel like he feuded with Iron Sheik a lot, and maybe that's he just did. from the cartoon. <laughs> like, no, no, he really he did. did. I remember those back. And in the Iron day, Sheik, yeah. by the way, a legit tough guy wrestler. Like he was like an amateur. 
Iranian wrestler, like mm-hmm. Olympic style wrestler guy yeah. who could really Fucking beat people up. Bosh. Who I think <laughs> he he may have also fled the uh, the coup or the yes the yeah. shot with the Shaw thing yeah the mm-hmm. change of power yeah. yeah also quite a liar uh, <laughs> so it's kind of hard to tell because he says he wrestled in the Olympics even though he never did there's no record of, of him wrestling <laughs> the, in Olympics the Olympics in the universe of Rocky Four <laughs> Thunderlips he competed well he he also is really entertaining to follow on Twitter yes yeah oh yeah oh, yeah just constant vomit of threats and uh have good day go fuck yourself <laughs> as i'm sure roddy would I still just... be too if he was still with us so rest in peace roddy piper mm-hmm. roddy piper is my favorite wrestler of all time i love that well guy. here's the thing okay Can't wait a minute you. Soulstone moment if you had to sacrifice the macho me and randy savage or roddy piper to get <sighs> one of them back which one would you do which one would you do that's what that's what's weird because roddy piper's in one like I hate that it's my favorite John Carpenter movie because there's so many other John Carpenter movies I know are better, including The Thing and Halloween, uh, fucking Fog. Uh, but I love They Live so fucking much. And I got into wrestling, which I don't think with eat your vitamins, don't do drugs, do your homework. I think I got into it because I wanted to see Roddy Piper hurt. He would just come out in a weird skirt, freak everybody out, <laughs> yell at everyone. Hit dudes with coconuts. Amazing. Like He was nuts. He was yeah. fucking nuts. He's still terrifying. I just watched an interview with him and Pee Wee Herman. And I'm like legitimately worried for Pee Wee Herman. Uh, uh, like he's, he's here's my che- he's here's my cheating him. answer, and I think you might go along with this one, Chris. I would sacrifice Roddy just to see Randy Savage in They Live and his performance in that movie. That's more like it. <laughs> Put the glasses on. <laughs> But the glasses are those macho glasses. No, you put the glasses on and you keep them on. I'm already wearing glasses, yeah. I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. (laughs) He puts a pair of glasses on top of another pair of glasses. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting kind of hard to see through my Venetian. It's hurting my nose, yeah. (laughs) All right. My ears can only take so much, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, so thank you, Saints Row, uh, for for yes. letting us relive many of our favorite moments mm-hmm. from. Re they live. Oh, oh, uh, yes. But <laughs> oh man, and and Saints Row, uh, Saints Row the Third on Switch now this week. That's right. Yes. Oh really? Yes. yes. Hmm. And, uh, and I think it comes well, with all the DLC and everything too, right? It's like the full full deal. Yes, it's the the complete package or whatever it's called. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, it's a dick joke. It's all the DLC. <laughs> it's a dick joke. <laughs> But we can talk more about new releases in our next segment. For now, we're going to take a little break. But when we come back, we'll talk about new releases and news and other stuff. So stay tuned. Get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1999. 
Yes. Yes. April 23rd. Yes. Global holiday. Global holiday for technically the 30th anniversary of a little show called Baywatch, but Mm -hmm. in the form of a TV movie. Right. It's a pilot TV movie, so they knew they were starting out with a bang. (laughs) With such a Sharknado title. David Hasselhoff, Parker Stevenson, Panic at Malibu Pier, Sunday. Wow. Yeah. You didn't say the Baywatch part of it, but it's in the logo. Yeah. That's so strange. And that would go on to be a, a... Probably one of the oddest global phenomenons I've ever lived through. Yeah. I understand boy bands and action movies, but the whole world loving Baywatch is very strange. I mean, I think it makes sense because it is yeah. so quintessentially American and so, so quintessentially so California. Like, like Star Trek, like, ooh, look at this awesome pier, this beautiful well, yeah. beach. And it's, yeah, it's muscles and I wonder what their police look like. Beaches. <laughs> yeah, like, why wouldn't Hot. the lifeguards be the hottest people yeah. in the world? No, everyone's knees, knees visible. It's strange. We're I love it. Fighting beach-based crime. Let's go back to those shorty little swimsuits for men. No, oh, no, yeah. thank you. Yes. Mm-mm. Above the knee. Or it's not for me. Mm-mm, I don't want anybody to see my Lost tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean they are about the TV show Lost, or they are lost under your body? Yeah, hair? so no, it's no, it's all from the JJ Abrams Lost. I got the smoke monster, Walt, polar bears, a bunch of stuff. I didn't get dissolved. Jump into the past with thirty twenty ten every Thursday on LazerTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And welcome back to our final segment where we will not reference any more wrestlers unless we really need to, which could be possible given the content of the... I mean, Rage 2 is the big one yes. uh, this week. Not only are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna, but you're a liar too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying that he's lying that Rage 2 wasn't the big release this week? <laughs> is is it the Neo Geo thing? <laughs> I didn't say that. That, that came from a, a ghost from the grave. That's true. Oh, yeah. Sorry, there are no Neo Geo games that I'm aware of on um, No, because the there, was a separate, anniversary. there was a separate oh, Neo Geo collection right, they yes. released. Big shout out to Larry from the, the Potty Slam podcast. Yes, thank yes. you. Thank you, Larry. Yeah. He couldn't stick around for the second half, but he's here in our hearts. <laughs> Just like Mr. Perfect, my perfect friend. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rage 2, I've played some of it. I haven't played as much as I would like. But uh, I, may, I may be a couple of hours in. And early on, it feels like a very fast uh, Far Cry, sort of like if you cr- combine Far Cry with uh, with the shooting of Doom, and it's it's a lot of fun, and then I've gotten to a point where I'm in a town, and uh, I'm basically wandering around talking to survivors, and like, okay, just give, give me the mission, give me the mission, okay, let me get the mission. How much of the Far Cry New Dawn aesthetic does it have? Because they both have the pastel thing I mean, going on. I mean, they both have the, the, the neon pastel thing, but I think in... Rage 2, the way that it's used is really unique and interesting in that like everything is super oversaturated and it ends up kind of looking like an 80s home video because it kind of has that sort of like oversaturated slash rough look to it. Hmm. So it's it's a little little blood dragony in that respect, yeah. except it's always sunny in, in this world. That was going to be my next question mm-hmm. is the, the marketing is very in your face on this mm-hmm. game. 
Uh, is the game like that when you play it? Is it really up in your face and blood dragony? Like I mean, you said? I, it's it's a little bit over the top. It, it's definitely more goofy than the first Rage was. Like, uh, if you'll remember, the first Rage was put out basically as like this huge graphical showcase, and you are uh, a lone survivor who wakes up in an ark, uh, which is like this thing. It's like to preserve people from before this. This asteroid hit Earth, the the Apophis asteroid. Isn't this the game that Jesse was playing with a light gun on? Uh, yes, Breaking Bad? yes. Um, <laughs> you don't even know, Mister White. <laughs> Technology that cannot work with LCD screens. Nope, but <laughs> nope. And uh, yeah, where you can throw a glaive around, uh, like in Krull or something, or like Sweet. that. Yeah, it's like I don't. No one. It, it, Rage is a Rage One was an impossible game to hate, but like hmm. there wasn't enough to love. Yes. Yeah, it was it was kind of bland, uh, but but very pretty. And I think for this one, they they really cranked up the like we're not going to be bland. This is going to be really colorful, and everything's going to pop, and it's going to be fun and silly. And I think that's great. And yeah, I, I I still am smarting a little bit from like the initial reveal. If you'll remember, was like those like. Mad Max style punks who are like stomping around and waving guns around to the Andrew WK song and yep. I'm like oh man I want to play as these guys and no you play as a ranger named Walker uh, who <laughs> oh boy oh does anybody walk up to you Walker I have AIDS <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, it, it's it starts out really goofy like that you're you're living in this ranger compound with like a bunch you're you're in training to be a soldier. And then, like, this big hero, like, slides in and takes on this giant monster single-handedly and immediately gets his head bitten off. And so you react like any sensible person would and uh, strip off his armor and take it for yourself. Um, <laughs> also, you can play as male or female in this game. And the way you pick that is you, you these two soldiers are standing around. You pick which one you want to be. And then... Uh, some monsters bust in, and the uh, the one that you didn't pick is immediately crushed under a door. So oh, you're like, okay. oh, okay, I guess I can't ever be that character. Fine, <laughs> great. And and from there, it's just like there, there's a, a lot of frantic shooting in the beginning, and then they kind of turn you loose, and you get a car, and you get to go out into the world and uh, shoot a bunch of punks. How much vehicular combat is in this one? Because I think that was what they were really showing. There's there's quite a bit. I mean, uh, so, so far, wasn't like that weird. It, like the, the game marketed itself like Mad Max before we had a. Most people had a Mad Max to contextualize that with. Hmm. It, didn't they end up? No, that was a different company. But like the game looked a lot like Mad Max pre Fury Road. You mean you mean Rage One did? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. 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 Like we're yeah. Rage Two is like Mad Max. Maybe if he just did a color run, you know, yeah. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this is uh, like I, I feel like there's a lot of optional vehicular combat. Like I, you, you go out on the road, and like there's there's a lot of driving at first, and uh, you're you're uh, I don't want to call it a jeep. It's like a, a huge off road vehicle. Like a dune buggy? No, it's not like a dune buggy. It's armored, hmm. but uh, it's it's a little bit more like a Humvee, but not quite. Um, but anyway, it's uh, it's got a bunch of guns. And you can shoot those guns at people you meet on the road mm. and, and at their cars, and you can blow things up. And, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. But there's not, not a lot of mandatory vehicular stuff at this point, although I did run into a vendor, and it was kind of strange because it's like, oh, here's a bunch of upgrades. I'm like, I don't know what any of these do yeah. or why I want them. So I guess I'll just hold off for now until the game explains them. 
And you do get other upgrades that the game does explain quite well. And that, like you, you will keep finding uh, other arcs, which are these these preservation habitats. And I should say this this does not pick up where the original Rage left off. If you might remember uh, spoilers from that game, it ends with your character waking up all these other people in arcs to uh, come back and and help you resist fight against the authority, which is this evil whatever triple h uh mm-hmm. vince mcmahon's yes, faction yes, yep, exactly i gotcha oh yeah <laughs> you made a lot of promises to the macho man didn't you? sorry sorry <laughs> that's I okay have to, what power this this begins years after that happens after the the survivors have all uh they they think they've defeated the authority but they haven't the authority's coming back and uh so, so it's you're, you're kind of like the next generation of heroes after what happens in Rage One, and society is recovered a little bit. There are like now some shitty towns that you can visit and and talk to weirdos who just like, oh yeah, I got some mutants. You should go kill. Go do that. <laughs> tell me when it's done. We'll do, Senior Card Gauge. Uh-huh. Well, like the first the first guy you meet is this guy named Rory Success. He's like. <laughs> He, he he has like a, a big uh, red hat and uh, robot arms and oh yeah I need you to go wipe out these people for me they they, they suck I hate them sounds a little bit like Borderlandsy I mean because it's it's a little Borderlandsy yeah but but also uh, you your your suit that you strip off that ranger at the beginning has special abilities and you have mm. like nanites in your blood that give you like telekinesis and all these things so you will unearth arcs as you go along that your suit can open. And they will give you new abilities. You can quickly dash out of the way of bullets. You can slam into people and throw them around or rip off their armor using telekinesis. Uh, you'll find uh, new weapons that way. It's it's pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, are you finding you're using the powers a lot during combat, or are you mostly just shooting? Uh, I'm doing a lot of shooting, mostly in, into heads. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the the telekinesis, the the throwing people around that that is pretty useful. The force push. Uh huh. Yeah, it's basically a force push. If if they have armor, you'll rip it off, and if they don't have armor, then you'll just send them flying into a wall. Cool. So yeah, it's it's, uh, it's nice. Um, also out this week, uh, Xbox One finally got the SNK 40th anniversary collection. Yeah, I, th- I think this might have come Ooh. out uh, earlier in May, but I I finally got mm-hmm. a code. Well, yeah, it, and it came out in earlier for PS4 and it came out last year last actually year. on Switch. Yeah, and I think the only thing really uh, new on the Xbox version is it comes bundled with Baseball Stars, which mm. might have just been DLC for the other ones. That could be. Uh, so yeah, the SNK 40th collection though, it is not, as Michael was saying, there's no Neo Geo no, content it's, it's on this. it's all SNK arcade games, like classic ones like the Ikari Warriors series. I think it's everything in their oh. library from like 1977, 78, up to, like, early 90s. I mean, yes, but no. Like, they... Yeah, it's, it's not comprehensive. It's it's right. a best of. Yeah, it's it's a best of. But they, they do have a museum uh, feature that is comprehensive that goes yeah. through all of their games, whether they're in the collection or not. And and uh, you can get these little featurettes. They have art from the game, like like concept art, production... Uh, they have little factoids on them, like even, and, and I, I find it kind of funny, even the ones that are like, oh, this is a semi-pornographic game that you put in a bar somewhere. It's yeah. like, and so you saw, you do these, uh, 
solve puzzles and fight these enemies, and then you reveal a picture of like a, a, an anime girl in negligee that was clearly <laughs> traced off of a photo model. This is what you would expect in when you have like a museum type collection is you mm-hmm. want some of the behind the scenes stuff you want yeah. some of the art and I think it's um, and you get to hear about games like Satan of Saturn and like right. there's so many things that it's like I'm reading about and like I want to play this right now. Yeah, that's what my so like lasso. I want to see what lasso is. So I really like a lot of the games in this collection, and we'll get to those. But yeah, one of my only complaints is it's a little frustrating when you see that timeline. You're like, why not just get all of these? Yeah, how um, hard could that be? I'm sure. I'm sure with some of those, there's rights issues and everything. But what they've the ones they have gotten, I will say, um, they've they've done it in a comprehensive way where. If there's both an arcade and a console version of those games, they let you choose which one mm-hmm. you want to play, and which is cool. And they let you pick between the Japanese, Japanese or, or North American, but yeah. they don't tell you the differences between those usually, and that's a little frustrating. Like, it's for you, you to discover. You can kind of go to, the, to that museum timeline, and they might tell you there. Uh, one other thing I didn't like about the museum timeline is there's a lot of Japanese promotional art with Japanese text, and they mm-hmm. don't subtitle any of it. And so you have, yeah. it's like, here's this promotional flyer for this game. I'm like, I really wish I knew what they were saying, and because it lets you zoom in and stuff. Yeah. But it is it is fun to, to see that early, those early 80s attempts at English before they had yeah. the internet and easy translation. Well, just Japan. even, how about early 90s, like the some of that anime art they were using, and, and that was passing oh, as like the official art of games. You're like... It looks like something I was sketching on folders in yeah, sixth grade, like, man. It's okay, really so, so the official arcade flyer art for Psycho Soldier looks fucking abominable. It's really bad. And it's, it's like really the characters bad. have these squishy, misshapen heads. Yeah, uh, nah, it's it's not. It's not Listen, a good look. in a game that has the first voice song in the soundtrack. Yes. You want to give it more respect than that. You want that mm-hmm. art to really shine through. But, Absolutely. Uh, but that's that's one of actually my favorite games in this collection. I really... And it, I'm enjoying the hell yeah, out of Psycho Soldier, man. And it's got some really weird gems in there, like Prehistoric Isle. That is my second favorite game in this collection. Which is, you're flying a biplane in the 1930s into an island that is infested with dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's a biplane... Side-scrolling shooter mm-hmm. where you fight dinosaurs. It's really good. And there's yeah. uh, there's the way you get upgrades is there's these eggs that will dinosaur eggs that appear on the screen mm-hmm. that if you break them open will have either like points or power ups. And yeah. and but actually the unique thing about that game, um, you can use a button and it. So with your power ups, it's it's like a lot of these shooters do where it's kind of like a mini plane that goes beside you, looking thing like a little pod that that can shoot stuff. But you can rotate that around your plane by hitting mm-hmm. the A button. And as you rotate it, it, it does different functions. It does different stuff. And but it's it's awesome in that you can kind of position your your regular gun is always going to shoot just straight in front of you. But you can position that other one to take advantage of like if you're in caves, it, it can bounce off ceilings if it's mm-hmm. at certain angles or against certain boss fights. You can kind of hover in a safe zone and let the gun do all the work if you position it right. And yep. so it's, it's like a fun little mini game just figuring that out like that. That might be my that's might be my favorite or my second favorite game in the collection and then my the other one that's really high up there for me is I mean I don't know how this isn't in Akari Warriors g- official game but Guerrilla War ah, yes. which is known known as Che Guevara game in Japan yeah, I, think, I think it's just Guevara yeah, but but uh, yes it is th- and this was the thing like this was really popular in the US it got an NES version and it it was not an offshoot of Ikari Wars, but it was like the same people working on it. Yeah. And uh, in in Japan, it, yes, it was about the Cuban Revolution, and you play as Che Guevara and Fidel Castro. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they they kind of not quite apologize for it in the museum feature. They say like, 
not much was known about Che Guevara in Japan at the time. We only had his translated book, Guerrilla Warfare, to go by. Yeah, they kind of feigned ignorance of of anything about (laughs) Che. Because it was like, this was before the internet, and we didn't really know much about Uh Che. uh That game was so good, and it was the first NES games that we we talked ourselves into believing there was blood in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because they use red to uh, shade the explosions. Ah, right. uh, yeah. Yeah, so that game's good. Gorilla War, man. It has all three Akari Warriors on there, which uh-huh. I Plus tried. the console versions. I tried the console versions of one, oh, and boy, so that is not aged. Like, I, the way I remember <laughs> that game is the arcade version. Mm-hmm. Now, when I play the arcade version, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is, and it's not terrible for when that came yeah. out. And then I totally forgot that Akari 3 went full Rambo, and that's mostly a hand-to-hand or a knife a knife game. Mm-hmm. There's very little shooting in Akari 3. Yeah. Like, occasionally you'll get a gun, but not really. It's kind of like top-down POW, which is also in the collection. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what, it, what is it? It's like the loop lasso or whatever, that uh, that clicky control stick that they had in arcades where it's like... It's the something lever, like the loop lever. Loop, loop lever. lever, yeah. So you, uh, you, you would have this joystick... And you could turn it, and it would click into place, and that's how you would aim the gun. Correct, And yeah. And they just adapted to twin-stick controls which now, which makes works pretty sense. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. Uh, it also has... There's some interesting games that are playable in this. Street Smart was one <sighs> <God>. that... <laughs> which was basically that a game fighting so game. Dumb. It's so bad. It's a fighting game before fighting games were a thing, though. And, I mean, mm-hmm. SNK, who would go on to make Samurai Showdown and these yep, amazing yep. games. But it is not a good fighting game. Like, there's no way to read what your opponent's going to do. It's You, you it's, don't – they don't have a health bar. There's so no health bar. There's Until no, they start flashing, then you know, like, oh, okay, I'm close to killing them. It, it uses belt scroller mechanics in that you can walk up and down the screen and try to position yourself mm-hmm. to punch guys. You could just – as you're playing it, you can just tell, like, this is meant – to, to basically eat quarters like yeah. you would lose a lot in and that game. there's a really bizarre old game in there that uh, i kind of am fascinated with called fantasy did you play that yes one i all? did the one there, there's no combat you know what fantasy no, there is combat well but you well sort of there's that you get a sort there's no combat button right it's, it's yeah. all it's it was a joystick only game mm-hmm. you know what it reminded me of is the old tron arcade game because it's basically mm. like eight games in one yeah it's it's each level's a different kind of mini game yeah yeah where and, and but i i love at the beginning whether you're playing as uh as the u.s or japanese version like there's that weird digitized speech at the beginning where like the cowboy hero is talking to the the heroine on their yeah private island and it's like hello how are you i'm fine how are you Th- uh, no i'm fine thank you yeah, yeah well i mean yeah. at the time that was like groundbreaking in uh-huh. arcades to hear to hear speech coming out of a uh-huh. machine but it's it's like in those first couple levels you, you land a hot air balloon on a pirate ship <laughs> it's now so weird. now walk around and kill pirates by walking into them right yeah yeah because you basically have a sword that you just wave back and yeah, forth yeah 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 yeah, it, it's an interesting game. Um, baseball Stars still holds up, I would say. Yeah. Like, because it, it, it's really good as a console baseball game. It, it, it was doing really cool things at the time. But I, I, Dave and I are the kind of guy who plays those RBI baseball games that come out every year. Yeah, I, I, I love a simplified arcade baseball game. The last thing I want to do is look at pitching stats. It uh, another game that's really kind of a. Time Capsule is Crystallis is on here, which mm, is... For the NES, yeah. Yeah, which is sort of like a Zelda-inspired slash RPG game. It doesn't... 
the mechanics don't really hold up that well. Like the combat's super clunky. Yeah, but it's it is a lot of lot of just like I'm poking you with my sword. Yeah, like I'm positioning and just poking straight ahead. But but, but that's one I always wondered. Like, why did I never play this? Because I remember like being in junior high and like all my friends being like, "Oh, Crystallis is like the best fucking game." Yeah. Well, for the time, it was really advanced yeah. for the time. But it's like, like, why did I never play it? That it's it would have been right up my alley. Yeah. And then there's one for me that I played the shit out of that is not a good game. But I played it because we had it, and my brother had it. Is Athena? Mm. Uh, the, the, specifically, the console version, the Super NES version. Game. It is not great, uh, and, but to be able to play the arcade version, which is the much better version of that game. Um, but yeah, Athena was. I don't know why. I just remember playing a ton of it because my brother had it, and um, yeah, it's not great. But to get to be to be able to play it this way, um, which I should mention, the cool stuff that all of these type of collections should have. It has a, a rewind button, which is huge, right? Yes. So if you mess up, if you make any mistake, you just hit that left bumper button on the Xbox and it'll rewind as far as you want it to. The other cool thing this has, which I've never seen one of these museum collections have, it has a watch feature where you can just put a game on autoplay. And basically it's like you're watching a playthrough, hmm. but what's unique is you can then convert to playing it anywhere along. You oh, can really? basically pick up for the AI. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just like when you were a kid and you would pretend to play a game while it's in the attract mode. Well, it's that. It's like that, but as if you the attract mode had gotten through the levels to the final level, and then you could tell it, okay, I want to play now. You can't go back. You, you can't then hand it back off to the computer and then go back and forth. It's a one-time deal, but it is super cool just to say, oh, I'm just going to watch this game. Oh, okay, I, I want to jump in, and you can dive in pretty much anywhere and play it. So... Very cool feature. I'd say for one of these collections, uh, SNK 40th is really well put together. Uh, we did. I did get a code uh, from a friend of the show, Tyler Nagata. So thank you, Tyler, for that. But um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's so the games themselves. I'd say they don't all hold up very well. But if you are kind of a game historian and want to understand the history of SNK and how important they were to arcades and things like for speech and games and all, mm-hmm. and all this stuff and 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 that. Yeah, that very unique, yeah. you twist twist the joystick to face that direction. Uh, this collection is definitely worth checking out. Right, and I'll, I'll, I'll never... I want to overplay the importance of like the console and the arcade version. We would have thought that was impossible seven months ago. Yeah? Yeah. No one's ever included a collection like that, that's, ever. That's true. Anywhere. That's this true. collection is very arcade-heavy. You know, yeah. it's much more arcade-heavy than I thought at first. I thought it was going to be mostly home stuff. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I mean, SNK really was an arcade company. And, and I mean, I, I hate to break it to you when you were saying, like, oh, yeah, some of these home versions don't hold up very well. Uh, they were considered kind of sucky at the time. Yeah, that's true. They were? And, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I feel like I owe it to, like, at least Ikari Warriors 2 to go back and reevaluate that. Because mm. with, those games did the NES thing where it's like... Yeah, the game you love in the arcades is, like, super linear, and right. once you're through it, it's done. Uh, we added a bunch of depth to this. Probably the most infamous example to me of, like, the home version being nothing like arcades is Strider. Like, I just remember it was so oh, different. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you say that about Akari Warriors, but I... And Bionic I, Command. I didn't also. have any friends who didn't own Akari Warriors. It was a huge mm. game. Like, almost everyone had it. It was like Contra. It was like, it, it was just it's part so of It's so crazy, because I don't even know what Akari means. <laughs> it's something like Rage. I forget. <laughs> Sounds cool. But I didn't, I didn't also, I also didn't realize until I was browsing the museum, Akari Warriors is a sequel. Yes. To a game that's also included called TNK3. Tank. Your tank in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Where basically one of the characters gets out of the tank... 
And tanks are a big part of a cargo warriors always yeah, have yeah, been, yeah, like yeah. the little mini tank thing. So, yeah, it makes sense. I think, Michael, you and I were talking, like a lot of these games live in a shared universe. Yeah. Even like Psycho Soldier, which takes place in, at the time, modern day Japan, I think. Possibly post-apocalyptic. It's hard <laughs> right. to tell. It is a an unofficial sequel to Athena. Uh-huh. And the character right there in the corner, is, her name is Athena. And like she well, not, says... Not unofficial, indirect, because right. you're playing as a descendant. Uh, yeah, yes, right. But right. yes, uh, King of the, King, the King of Fighters franchise kind of unified all these universes because Ikari Warriors characters are in there. Yeah. The characters from Athena are in there. Fatal Fury, Art of Fighting. Yeah. And it's not just a mashup game. It's like, no, 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 this... This contest exists within the universes of these different games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say... I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. So, like, if if you can say Sega and Namco were rivals back in the day, mm-hmm. I would say SNK was sort of the Capcom rival. Like, those were the two guys that kind Absolutely. of were competing. And that's why other. it was so cool when they finally did Capcom versus SNK and SNK versus Capcom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Konami's in there somewhere, too. You <laughs> know, but, uh, yeah. Sort of, yeah. But yeah, good good collection uh, of kind of classic games. And if you wanted to see what like guys like Michael, Chris, and I were playing when we were growing up, <laughs> this is the collection. Absolutely. Um, a bunch of stuff also hit Switch this week that I want to briefly touch on. A lot of it is stuff that came out for other platforms. Uh, Saints Row the Third uh, Complete Package is out on. It came out last week, like I think last Friday. Um, but it's also gotten uh, Mutant Blobs Attack. Sniper Elite V2, uh, Rock of Ages 2, and Blades of Time, the sequel to X-Blades. That's <laughs> so weird. What? Chris, do you remember the art book for X-Blades? With cum in it? Yes! <laughs> Illustrated cum was all over that book. That was the <laughs> strangest thing we've ever, we were ever seeing. Other than like the full standee of this character we had never met. Yeah, well, that, that was like, the, the big thing was like, X-Blades had like on the cover this like, Sort of vapid-looking anime-ish girl, like just showing off her bethonged ass, mm-hmm. and uh, and then Blades of Time was like, uh, okay, we're gonna dial it down a few notches and try to make a semi-serious dungeon crawler with this character. So but, I see, yeah, the coming years was illustrated. I guess you guys didn't import from Japan, huh? <laughs> is, it, is it real come from came, Japan? Came with real come. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Every time I, I I saw the phrase back in the day, women are ruining video games. I'm like. <laughs> A guy sent me this <laughs> and made it. This is this is ruining video games. <laughs> oh my! I, I'm wondering though why we got Saints Row Three and Sniper Elite V Two when those are like the older versions hmm. of games in those series, right? Like, why not? So they can release them again in a couple of months, silly. Hmm. That's the answer. I've I've purchased Saints Row everything on every single platform that exists, and I've played like the first twenty minutes of everyone. Yeah, I'm, I'm about that. Has four already come to Switch? I, I think I think four might have already come to yeah, Switch. Right. I was, yeah, but Sniper Elite has three come to Switch then? Or? I don't. Well, I mean, three is a current gen game. Oh well, Switch can do those though. I'm, yeah, generally it's just current gen. Yeah, well, PS4, uh, Xbox One. <laughs> is it weird that I was still referring to this generation as next gen up until like last year? That like, is kind of <laughs> weird, actually. It hasn't been next generation since, <laughs> for about six years now. If you if you think we were going to enter in a new generation, we would have heard about that by now, right? Mm. It's the choice of a new generation. Yeah, E triple Pepsi. The choice of a new generation. The, the PS five is actually the Pepsi five. All I wanted was yeah. a fucking Pepsi, Michael. Yeah, and you wouldn't give one to me. I would. I'm not crazy. 
institution. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I'm the one on pills. You sound nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to. There's a Mortal Kombat film reboot in the works. Well, it, it was, it's been in the works forever, but I think it officially got the green light. It did. It's, yep. it's a full go. Yep, yep. So uh, U.S. Gamer, uh, let's see, Matt Kim is reporting. So South Australia premier Stephen Marshall uh, announced that Mortal Kombat will be the largest movie ever filmed and produced in South Australia. What a qualifier. And pre-production will begin later this month. Uh, Warner Brothers is producing the movie, of course, and they have tapped... First-time feature film director, Simon McQuaid? What's he, like a shoutcaster? What's he, <laughs> what's he known for? McQuaid. He just pronounces it McHugh. He's the spiritual successor to McG. McG, that's right. Which McQuaid. Sounds like a promotional actor. sandwich from McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Always has. Hey, uh, we're talking about Terminator Salvation on 302010 this week. Hmm. And, oh, uh, cool. B, this is giving me... We, we discussed last month, Matrix is 20 years old, and that... That was also shot in South Australia, so they're saying. Was it really? Mortal Kombat is going to be bigger than the the Matrix. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And the screenplay in this one, so directed by first timer. Screenplay is Greg Russo. So I don't trust any filmmaker named Russo. They can do no right. (laughs) I I hope it will be at least as good as movie as the last three Mortal Kombat games. (laughs) Those are basically Mortal Kombat movies. Those are good. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they're very good. Why play them? Yeah, Mortal Kombat, the, the modern Mortal Kombat trilogy, in yeah. a sense. Yeah, very cool. Um, so yeah, so this is the first Mortal Kombat movie, of course, that we've gotten since Annihilation was in, uh, what, 97? Holy yuck. It's been I 22 years? that movie to go watch Spice mm-hmm. World. Uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> that movie, it, it's, it's one of those that it's like, watching it in 97 as a fan who wanted a serious adaptation of Mortal Kombat, it was terrible. But going offensive. going back to it years later to like so knowing what's in it and like being ready to accept it as a comedy, like it's at least as good as Street Fighter. I didn't know the Mortal Kombat characters traveled the world underground through American Gladiator balls. Oh my god, that's no! I take it back. Street Fighter is still better. Um, this is awful, <laughs> but it has its moments, and you can laugh at the shittiest CG that you've ever seen. Also, uh, I, I was like, why can't you, you can't even get Christopher Lambert back? James Remar is infinitely better than Christopher Lambert in all possible ways. This is bullshit. There can be only one write in, Michael, please. <laughs> yeah, and it's fucking Ajax. Yeah. Annihilation. Uh, so, yeah, that is, that is the Mortal Kombat news. Uh, PlayStation did one of their state of play mm-hmm. PlayStation Directs as it we was call them. too late to, for us to talk about it last week yeah well and it was also it was very short right I, I, I only saw a recap that, that I was talking to Dave Rudden just a couple seconds ago hopefully you'll hear him on an upcoming laser time we love the Friday the 13th game and they announced a new asymmetrical multiplayer game and I didn't know it was made by the same people <laughs> I didn't know that after the gun media is making a Predator asymmetrical multiplayer game. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. It's fucking perfect. It's such a good idea. Yep, so that was one of the announcements. The I'm other so one... I'm so happy. They, they finally gave a date to the medieval... Mid, 
Is it medieval? <laughs> medieval. Yeah, medieval is fine. It's a Just medieval the time game. For Halloween. So that is coming, yeah, right before Halloween, October 25th, and it's only going to be $30. So that's the price is right there. Uh, they showed off the new Monster Hunter World expansion, the Iceborne expansion, Iceborne. which that is coming September 6th for $40, but it looks huge. Like it's this epic expansion. It looks. It almost looks like it should be standalone, but but it does uh, does require the game to play yeah, that. You have one. to understand, like in Japan, typically a Monster Hunter game comes out, and a year later, a Monster Hunter game in that same framework comes out with like triple the content, and they sell it again. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why that's why when uh, they came here, they were called Ultimate. They were a combination of both those games because America doesn't typically buy games like that. So I'm super excited for Iceborne because. I've never played a localized version of what Japan usually gets, which mm-hmm. is a giant, enormous, hundreds of hours uh, investment um, right away when Japan gets it. And you can play with Japanese people who will up your game so hard. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, nice. They will already be way out-leveled uh, by the time nice. you, you play. But yeah, so that that is coming uh, really soon, September 6th. Uh, and then the, the I'd say probably the biggest thing shown uh, at the State of Play was the latest Final Fantasy VII remake trailer. Yeah. So I have some thoughts on that trailer. I do too. Looked really cool though. I've never played it, so it looked really cool. Hey, to me. Here's here's the thing with the Final Fantasy VII remake, and this has obviously been in the works for years and years. I once had a coworker who insisted up and down, like, no, they could not quickly do this. They'd have to. It, it'd be an enormous undertaking. And all I ever wanted from a Final Fantasy VII remake was make something prettier that I can play on current-gen hardware. Um, this is not that. It is, it is very pretty, but it appears to be uh, action, like real-time combat rather than turn-based, which, okay, fair enough. I've heard people say, like, you don't spend hundreds of millions of dollars creating and marketing a turn-based RPG in 2019. Mm. Yeah, Kat Bailey, friend of the show, um, has a really good article where she wrote about how this this shouldn't be news to anybody. Like Final Fantasy as a series has been going away from turn-based for years and years. And, the you know, uh, years ago they were mm-hmm. basically saying, yeah, the it's, future it's, it's been of these... It's been 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah, where they're talking about, like, yeah... You have to do action or, or else, you know, you just won't reach the same size audience. And in this kind of game, you know, it's funny, but when you reboot a game's development, kind of, you know, kick it off midway through again, uh, take it, give it to a new developer, you kind of have to sell a lot of copies of that game to, to help cover that mm-hmm. expense. And so they do have to hit as many people as possible. Yeah. Well, I, I also think the, the fact that Final Fantasy VII was as big and as influential as it was also means it is very much a product of its era and is rooted in that era. Mm. And so certain things about it, like even even that remake footage seem a little strange and and maybe a little little dated, a little too anime, I don't know. Yeah, so the action thing I'm actually okay with. Um, sure. It looked very Final Fantasy 15 combat where mm-hmm. uh, I found a couple good detailed like people have already broken down like oh this is how we think this system will work and you know the limit break system and all this stuff and it's very, yeah, it's like Final Fantasy XV with a few new things on top of it, which I'm fine with. Like, once once I got the hang of the Final Fantasy XV combat, at first it felt kind of button mashy, but then, like, you kind of get the right powers going, you get your flow, and you're like, oh, this is actually really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm okay with that. My biggest issue is, what the fuck's going on with Barrett? 
Yeah, I've uh, I, <laughs> tell me what is going on with him because I've seen people complain about him and like I've I've squinted at him and like is it that he looks kind of like a white guy with a tan? Yes, it's it, yeah, he looks like a white guy. He looks like a really tan white guy. First of all, mm-hmm. uh, different voice actor, which I mean, come on, you can't blame it's it's this many years. Who was his voice actor before? It wasn't anyone famous, but he just sounds a lot different. Well, now, no, too. I mean like the original game, he had no voice actor. <laughs> Nobody did. I no, I think I thought during the cutscenes nope. they had voices. No voices. How have we heard him? Oh, from um, Advent, Advent Children. Children. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, he, he just yeah he, he's not kind of the same Barrett, uh, and and that to me is was a little off putting. Mm-hmm. But you know, like you said, Michael, it's it's gorgeous looking. Uh, they didn't really provide any details about. You know, the, the whole thing with this game is it's supposed to be episodic, like we're going to get it in multiple yeah, versions. They, and... they didn't say anything about that. I wonder if that's still going to be the case. Because it, I it does, doubt it. I, I kind of hope not, but at the same time, it does seem like one of those things, like, we will have spent so much time on just, like, Midgar, yeah. that by the time you're finished with it, you'll be, like, it, it'll be, like, 20 hours or something, and you'll be ready I, for I don't. New. When they announced the game, the whole world was talking about, like, Telltale's Walking Dead, mm. and now we're in a world where that's, it's still there, but, like, the company that made those kinds of games are gone. Yeah, fair point. This is a little different, though, in that it was like, no, this game is so huge, the original game's so huge, there's... I mean, remember, that game came on multiple discs back then. Oh, yes. Right, on PlayStation. No, I've just worked at Japanese companies and seen the documents. They thought that was what people wanted. Mm. And, and but I, Which is weird, because I think the, the, the benchmark here is... They're not comparable, but they strangely are, is Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. that set the bar for how you remake... Make it make an old game palatable, like yeah. do a really proper remake. Yeah, I I think it'll still be episodic because if you why sell one game when you can sell two or three? Mm-hmm. I just hope that we finally get the N sixty four version that I wanted <laughs> since nineteen ninety six. What's that like? Final Fantasy seven with less music? <laughs> yes. What I don't want is I hope like the first episode doesn't be doesn't become like a. Ground Zeroes type situation where it's like you said it's just Midgar and it's like almost like a demo for the game like here's how this thing will play. I mean I kind of would expect a demo because we got one for Final Fantasy 7 and a couple for FF15. Yeah. So, But the 15 demos do you remember those? Because they didn't yes. actually play much like the final product. I mean they were it. they were sort of close. One of them was. One was mm. the comet. The other one was like nothing like it. Mm. So yeah they were and a lot of those were, they're almost like tech demos. Like, they were showing off, oh, look, this is the weather change system. They had those, like, pads you could stand on that would change the, the yeah, weather. Yeah. And eh. Anyway, um, 15 was a weird release. <laughs> There's so much weird about 15. Uh, it really but, was. Well, you know, being delayed for 10 years or whatever, that was... Much like Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, yeah. This was announced... It's a, it long, announced time. a long time. It's half ago. a decade. Yeah. And there's been... That's this is the first trailer in five years. Which again, I think the reason that surprises people is we're talking a remake. We're not talking like an original. Dude, we get it by now. Original Final Fantasy games those take two decades, right? You mm. know, there's multiple generations sure. work on these games. They're like monuments. They're like cathedrals, right? <laughs> like you, you know that they'll be finished a hundred years after they're started. Yes, they have different architectural styles, <laughs> different, different art stuff. I mean, we're joking, but actually, yeah, a lot of Final Fantasy games do have that shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but they, they revealed some stuff, which hopefully is a sign saying this is coming soon, because that's the other thing that wasn't really announced was 
all right, when are we getting this thing? When's the, what's the release date? Uh, but the fact that they're showing off a trailer, yeah, they wouldn't just do that. Well, so. it's it, it is more proof of concept than we've seen previously because it's like, oh, you you definitely are working on this. This is something that will be realized at some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so another game that was announced that Michael, you may know a little something about. I may know a few things. Ghost Recon Breakpoint yes. was announced, and it's coming October fourth. Yes, it what, is. What can you tell us about the Breakpoint? Well, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Well, Breakpoint is military terminology that uh-huh. refers uh-huh. to the point at which uh, you you uh, switch from say attack to defend or defend to retreat or hmm. um, I can't remember the exact wording, but yes, in your breakdancing dance battle, that's when you break and then point at the other guy and. Say your move. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. No. <laughs> but it's uh, it's the sequel to Ghost Recon Wildlands. Oh, it's a sequel. Uh, okay, it is a direct sequel to Wildlands. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, you're playing as the same character, Nomad. Right. Um, okay. And uh, the difference is that you do not have an AI squad this time. It is much more focused on survival, and uh, you're you're an elite soldier who's fighting back against. Uh, other elite soldiers, because your your rival your enemies are the wolves, who are all like former ghosts uh, who've gone rogue. Oh shit! And they're led by um, Cole D. Walker, who's played by John Bernthal. And Netflix is the Punisher. And uh, yeah, I, ha- I have high hopes for this one. Yeah, and I, uh, I should say, as long as I'm saying this, I am a Ubisoft employee. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, and this one though doesn't take place in Bolivia. No, anymore. this takes place on a fictional archipelago called Aroa, where a tech giant called Skell Technology has set up shop, and they are a manufacturer of highly advanced military drones. And so the when the wolves take over, they also take control of all these drones. So in addition to elite enemies, you will have to face a variety of uh, combat robots. But yeah. best part, no yep. taxes. But it's 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 a really big uh, like tech focused utopia where you've got like all these different biomes. Mm. Uh, you've got like uh, jungles and lava fields and snowy mountains and. I mean, the, the thing with the, most of the Clancy stuff, especially Ghost Recon, it's always been near-future tech, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. So it's kind mm-hmm. of – it's not quite science fiction, It's but it's stuff that we'd like to imagine the military might be experimenting with currently. Right? Sure. Cool. And that's coming this year, so that's, yeah, that's awesome. October 1st. I mean, 4th. I, I got to say, it's just been really impressive. Uh, this is former Ubisoft employee speaking here. Uh, the, the amount of support Wildlands has received mm-hmm. over the past... Is it been, it's been two years since Wildlands came out, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just had a ton of... Con- it, had a it had a Predator It had mode. a Predator uh, mission. It has a mission with... Uh, or a couple missions with uh, Sam Fisher and characters from Rainbow Six Siege and, uh, and Ghost Recon Future Soldier. And this John Bernthal thing was... That was a recent, mm-hmm. yes, uh, not a patch to the game, but a recent sort it, of. It was recent update. update yeah, yeah. It, it added free content, and you could meet this character, and then he's the sequel. Fuck! I wish more games would do this, where you basically kind of you're sort of pre-announcing your next game mm-hmm. by putting content mm-hmm. in the last game. That's rad. Yeah, and and again, there there are a lot of new survival mechanics. Uh, you will have to if you're if you're injured, you'll have to find a safe place to heal those wounds. You will have to. Like if uh, if uh, a friend is downed in the middle of combat, you don't have to sit there and revive them under heavy enemy fire. You can grab them and carry them to a safe place, and and revive them. Uh, you will have to set up a bivouac to. Uh, God bless you. Like when you're out of I know right uh, when you're out of combat, you will 
uh, be able to set up a little camp, and there you can, like, eat food to power up, or you can respec your weapons, or whatever. Cool. Or but, complain about how the bivouacs are ruining everything, taking all the good jobs. <laughs> but they'll show off more at E3. Cool. Yeah, can't wait to see more. That's that's awesome. Um, uh, so Nintendo, not to be outdone by Sony's uh, little state of play, Nintendo did their own direct. Even though they were outdone. They had a direct. It was actually a direct the day we're recording this, Wednesday of this week, um, where they showed off a lot more of Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, which looks really cool and includes a story mode, like the one oh, thing really? kind of missing from the last one. Yeah, so it's Little Big Planet all over again. Well, but it's it's um, the Nintendo made levels from Maker were, were really good. They were some of the best levels, and so the, basically, I'm pretty sure that's what the story mode is. It's all the pre-made Nintendo uh, levels. They well, showed off they, that. Uh, so it appears there's still going to be one or two like themes, I don't know what you'd call them, but like kind of the maker packs for this that are mm-hmm. coming, and so there's a ton of speculation. The one that everyone, including myself, is hoping for is Super Mario 2. I think that's probably the least realistic one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, Sorry, America's Super Mario 2. Sure. Yeah. I don't think so. It's been redesigned just as much as any other 2D Mario game. Mm. See, I hope you're wrong about the story mode, and that it's not Nintendo theme <laughs> levels, because I really want to hear like, Mamma Mia! Mario have been given a terrifying new ability to reshape reality! That's, that that's would be a, the most Mario ever said at one time. That's an awful Mario. No, no, he definitely sounds very falsetto. <laughs> you owe Charles Martinet like at least a dollar for that. I He's think he owes me a dollar. I was so scared I developed the powers of Scarlet Witch comics, not the movies. <laughs> you guys need so much more Italian racism in, in your impersonations. You got to throw in uh, oh, the, the spaghetti, oh, linguine. That, that's more Luigi. That is a, that that's is a my dead Luigi. on Luigi, by the way. It's, by the way, I sign off on that, and Matt's free to do. <laughs> Grazie. Mm. You're supposed to say prego. But He's fine. nice. <laughs> Wait, Bor- Wait, Italians are Borat now? No, mine. <laughs> you just told me to eat. Eat what? Yeah. Uh, the, the words you say is... <laughs> I want to make love to your face through voice. <laughs> And now he's Russian. Great. Yes. Perfect. I, I bite your balls. <laughs> I am Italian. I've had too, much, too many back pills. <laughs> the other big Nintendo announcement from today uh, was the voucher program. Hmm. And what this is, did you guys heard about, you heard about this? You heard about the vouchers? No. Nope. Nintendo supporting voucher schools? I don't agree. <laughs> Look. Everyone should be able to go to some whatever school they want and train to become no. like their uncle who works at Nintendo. You one have day. to go to the school everyone else wants. <laughs> so what the voucher program is, it's basically like buying yourself a permanent sale. It's exclusive to Nintendo Online subscribers and it's going to cost $100. But what that will get you is any two Nintendo games uh, up uh, basically $60 price at $60. So it's, it's like getting yourself a permanent 20% off. Mm. Uh, oh! There are some drawbacks. <laughs> so it expires a year after you buy it. Uh-huh. So if they don't release two games you want in a year, you're kind of up shit creek and you just got to take whatever they have. Um, it, what are their two games for this year? Well, it, it's, it looks to be the selection of games pretty much it's every first-party Nintendo game. And so that's the other drawback is like, I can usually find those on Amazon for less than 60 bucks. So is this right. really going to be a savings? Now, mm. it does guarantee you they've already announced Super Mario Maker 2 would qualify as one of those games. So it's like, if you're one of those people that buys 
everything Nintendo's releasing for the Switch, this actually makes sense. You know, it's basically I do, but not on purpose. <laughs> but a lot of times it is full price. Look, let me tell you why I own a Switch. Mario, Zelda, Metroid, Splatoon. Let me tell you why I own it. Okay. And it's a game that's coming this year. Uh-huh. Animal Crossing. That's a good answer. If I could get Mario Maker 2 and Animal Crossing and get them for 20, you know, 20% off. Fucking Animal Crossing. Sorry, it's not 20%. It's it's 20 bucks off $120, so whatever that is. But uh yeah, it's It's much less than 20%. <laughs> Uh, no, not much. It's like 15%. No, no, it's, about, it's like 15%. It's, it's about the same. But it's still it's still uh, kind of uh, awful. It's it's the most Nintendo... So if I had to yeah. say, okay, what would Nintendo's version of Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus be? No, no. It's This is their version of Game Pass. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's very unusual. Literally terrible. So I think the Switch has done a lot of cool things that no one really talks about. Like, I just took advantage of one today. I, I bought something on the Switch. The gold coin program has saved me like a lot of money. Have you guys you've been using this, right? Where Yeah, I have. I just I've never oh, yeah, redeemed yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. I, I no, dude, you have to redeem them. Like I always get like 5 bucks off a game just for you get credit every time or you buy a game. Even just and, like 72 cents. It's, yeah. It still makes enough of a difference. It's like, "Hey, you got a nice little discount." Yeah, why not? There there goes no, I, I was I was operating on the old Club Nintendo thing where like if you spend $1000, we will send you a $2 discount. Mm. Right. And this is everyone was so pissed off about when they discontinued that program and what they replaced it with is this gold coin thing which for me has been working out pretty well. I, I like it a lot. Um but yeah, this is just like, when you think of Nintendo Online, it's like, okay, they're going to charge for this online service. If I had to say, okay, how would Nintendo do it? I would have I would have thought of things like, oh, they're going to give you a free multiplayer-only Tetris game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to give you, like, all these Nintendo Classic games, and then some are reworked. And they're going to give, they're going to offer you controllers that are exclusive to members of, yep, of Nintendo yep. Online. But the, the gold coin thing feels oddly like it turns every transaction into a little bit of Rusty Slugger's... Uh... Baseball. Oh, sh- dude, why don't they have Rusty there on that screen? That is an excellent question. Why oh do they have that He's a silly- grotesque Chinese stereotype. <laughs> is he? All right. Yes. Google it. It's fucking it's, I guess it's hilarious. I but if, if you got to negotiate with Rusty, like, okay, your coins are only worth this much. And you're like, no, I want them to be worth, be worth $2 instead of $1.50. Okay, but you're really putting me out of business with this one, where you had you're to really negotiate. crushing my balls here. <laughs> yes, you're really, you're really cracking my kiom. <laughs> Splatoon two for forty bucks? Never. It's only been out for ten years. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that 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 was the other announcement uh, from from today. Um, Sounds shitty. <laughs> it doesn't. It's, yes, it does. It does. Xbox Xbox Game Pass is one hundred dollars for the year and includes every single first party game they've ever made yes. and True. a bunch of new shit too. Yeah, but you know, Nintendo Online is twenty bucks a year, so that's already kind of a good deal. I don't know. It's what it sounds like is this voucher thing is it's for a very specific group of people, and there's a lot of these people who will buy almost every first party thing Nintendo I, I, puts I out. I do, and I even bought Super yeah. Mario. One of them's at this table. Deluxe, which <laughs> and is pointing I to hate. himself. Wait, do you have Super Mario Party? No. Yeah, I do. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I, I do draw a line. I see how it is. I have Super Mario uh, Super Mario Party, but I bought Super Mario Wii U Deluxe, which I hate and think is terrible. Mm. And now that I know that there's a Mario Maker game coming with, with Nintendo Design levels, it makes it fucking irrelevant and useless. Mm. So just don't factor that into your purchase. Anyway, 
And that is all the news that is fit to play. Yeah. Let's move on to the community segment, which as always is segmenting Segmenting our our community, community. but not as much as the conversation that we just cut. Uh, Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's the most stressful water level you can remember playing? Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lambert is dead. First responder on VigiGameApocalypse.com says, I generally dislike all water levels. But I noped pretty hard on some of the later levels of Echo the Dolphin. Some of those levels had you going down pretty deep into the caverns underwater. And as you did, the background went from a nice tropical blue to a much darker and eventually almost black. Which really pushed the deep, deep down claustrophobic atmosphere. Hmm. Oh, and the auto-scrolling level near the end where you're swimming through the through what is essentially a giant meat grinder which causes Echo to scream in pain when he touches the sides or any of the obstacles. Fuck that for a laugh. I, I totally... Like, games that actually acknowledge depth and, like, mm-hmm. remove light where you're, like, you're slow, weightless, and in the dark. Yeah. yeah. Games, yeah. games that become Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 3. <laughs> Can't see Oof. shit. Yeah. Oof. Even like Jaws Unleashed, there were parts when like, I'm going so deep into the ocean and like I'm scared and it's like, I'm a fucking giant shark. What am I afraid of? <laughs> you going so deep you put that ass to sleep? I did. Yeah. A, a, a shark should walk confidently into the depths of the ocean. Yes. Like, if I see a ghost, I'll bite it. Yeah. I'll eat it. <laughs> I will bite I'll that eat, ghost. I'll bite that fucker's head right the fuck off. Yep. Not. Hey, dude. Look, I've been on that part at the, the submarines at Disneyland. You got those angler fish. They're fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah, they are. But, you know, giant shark. They're all, made of, they're all made of glass and uh, old America Sings robot parts. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And like uh, five, ni- five Nights at Freddy Prince Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's very funny. This must be Sarah Michelle Geller. That's who's responding. Um, The one that immediately comes to mind for me is Metroid Prime 2. I know it might not seem like a water level at first, but having to rush to those little little light circles to catch your breath from being uh, in the darker or corrupted or whatever the fuck uh, it was in that area that made the level that made it a water level from a gameplay point of view. I dislike that opening so much that it turned me off of the game entirely, and I never picked it back up despite loving the first one. I, oh. That's that's why I never played Echoes. I heard this. I heard things not about the water. Everybody, a bunch of people said about Echoes. Yeah, I don't. I dude, I, I'm having trouble even remembering that sequence. But I, I feel bad mm. for you that you didn't play Metroid Prime Two. It's very good. Like, please go back and play that game if you can. Although, yeah, yeah, that's one I I, I missed too. So really, yeah. Oh man. Same I, with three. I never never really played past like the first hour or so. Three. I mean, it I started to kind of get weird because I know Michael bought me a copy. <laughs> yeah, I probably have at least two copies of Metroid Prime yeah. Three. Oh man, just putting our kids through college, right, buddy? Yeah. From the official Laser Time Facebook community, Chris Lee Hosted says, 40 fathoms from Tomb Raider 2. Ooh, the first wow. game had you exploring dark, flooded tombs while avoiding alligators, but two up the ante. This time around, you start a level underwater in the dark with no idea where to go, you're losing oxygen, and all of a sudden, you're surrounded by giant sharks out for blood. Pretty sure that's where I had my first panic attack. I eventually found my way out, but things don't get any easier. You spend several levels on a shipwreck trying to solve confusing puzzles while avoiding more shacks, barracudas, and fanatical cultists. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. At least I like they... fanatical shacks. <laughs> At you least they give you a man. crappy harpoon gun to feel safe. You're not. Uh, still, one of the best in the series, but the Maria Doria, 
Is that Marie? <laughs> sure. Really? Is a ship I'd prefer to never visit again. I think, if I remember right, I saw somebody saying, like, the harpoon gun is something you have to find, like, several levels earlier, or you won't have it at all. Oh, Jesus, it's a fucking Sierra game now. Yeah, exactly. You can't beat the game. Fucking King's Quest V with the fucking <laughs> pie. A fucking Tomb Raider game. He's like, one of the greats. I'm like, this is the only one you would save in a fire before Chronicle. <laughs> oh like, and, and no one would blame you if you didn't. No. Uh, Aaron Hados says, to avoid the more obvious choices, Earthworm Jim and the Down the Tubes oh, level. I love those levels. Oh, God. man. You spend a majority in these narrow areas under the water, but then you have to operate a multi-directional sub with sensitive floaty controls and a knack for damaging itself against the rocks and other obstacles, as well as a timer to boot. The last time you use it is a giant underwater maze with a set time limit and all the possibilities to, to screw up and die. I hated that level growing up into today and never saw the rest of the game years later when I figured it out. Uh, it turns out the rest of the game wasn't that great. <laughs> I mean, we know that now, but like, I remember liking that about the level, the idea that like I'm underwater and I can't see myself. Mm. through multiple portions of it because I'm wandering through a pipe or some weeds. Uh, but you're still right, Aaron. Yeah, the, the, that stupid bubble submarine that would, like, crack if you ran into walls and break so easily. But then you got to dump a fish out of his bowl at the end, so good on you. <laughs> I, am, I am happy to hear Nick Turner say Aqua Lake Zone and Sonic 2 for the Game Gear. We don't take anywhere near as much time as we should shitting on the Game Gear. <laughs> like, not one good game. We take about as much time as it's battery life. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic controls like garbage underwater. You're constantly drowning, and the boss is a classically trained circus seal who murders you with balloons. <laughs> Actually, fuck that whole game. <laughs> I don't think we have enough seal bosses in general in games. Yeah, I think that, that could be a top five. <laughs> if there boss. were five in the world. <laughs> Might have to sneak an otter in there. Mm -hmm. An otter or two. All right, we have a couple of video responses. First is from Full Install. Hello, VGA, and greetings from England. It's Tom here from YouTube channel Full Install. In answer to your latest community question, what is the most frustrating water level in any video game? And for me, there is only one. It has to be Blitzball in Final Fantasy X. No. I know it's not technically a level because it's in an RPG, but it is unskippable. It's also unforgivable and cancer in water. It completely breaks the game in a way that makes me not want to play it again. I'd take 10 of trials over it. And he's just fucking shit and he needs to go away. Thank you. Bye. Uh, well and concisely said, and also he's framed by a Game Gear in that shot right after mm -hmm. he said we don't spend enough time shitting Yeah. Him. Also, he's framed by being completely wrong. Blitzball fucking rules. You no. guys suck a dick. No. Blitzball sucks I a dick. <laughs> Blitzball sucked all the dicks before I got there, Matt. It, it sucks dicks underwater. It does. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> which is dangerous, kids. <laughs> You learn to in the do show. That. Look, I, Don't saw, I saw that scene in Back underwater. to School. That's your girlfriend walks in. It's all fun and games until you sure. get broken up with by the older teacher that you're trying to date. Then everyone has to get laid. <laughs> That's how that movie ends. That's right. Triple Indy, man. <laughs> Fucking Triple Indy. <laughs> we have another video response from Mike Amari. Hey, BG crew. Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was. Which underwater level do you remember being the absolute worst or you absolutely hating the most of anything you've ever played? Stressed. And while there's a lot to choose from, uh, particularly there's one that everyone I know is going to be talking about, that one, the that goddamn one that as kids we were like, oh, we were going to love this game because of who was in it. 
that goddamn water level. But that's not the one I'm going to talk about today. For me, it was another uh, video game that wasn't based on a cartoon. Uh, it would come to have a cartoon based on it later. A cartoon that was much better than the game itself was. Uh, one that I'm actually sad to see that the property didn't take off because ancillary media would have been pretty good and was pretty good with it. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim as a game, I look back and realize it was kind of mediocre, but I loved it at the time. Especially loved the beautiful animation on it. The graphics looked great, and I love the fact that they came out with this great like kids uh, like WB cartoon that was based on it around the time, and it was a really great cartoon. I believe there are also comic books and stuff. I love the art style. I love drawing the characters. But the goddamn underwater levels where you're in a glass submarine were the absolute worst. They actually reminded me of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle underwater levels when I had played them. Because, you know, we're talking a bunch of years later. You know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was, I was in elementary school. This was toward the end of junior high school with the, um, or maybe even beginning of high school. Probably end of junior high school with Earthworm Jim. And just imagine an underwater level where not only do you have oxygen constraints, you have everything around can kill you. And you're in a glass bubble. Literally every hit you take would break the glass a little bit more. And then, honestly, you would just be on edge the entire time the minute you took one or two hits. And it wasn't like it was a small section. It was like the entire level for, I think, the second or third level was early in the game, too. So it kind of was off-putting right from the beginning. And it just took me forever to get through it. And at the end, they give you a goddamn timer. Like, not only is there you know the oxygen and the damage to deal with, but they put a goddamn timer on at the end which just was so narrow by the end of it, it was almost impossible to like beat it by screwing up even once. I eventually, of course, got through it. It had a weird boss fight at the end where you just kind of knock the goldfish monster off at the end. There it is. Which is kind of cool, but that goddamn level was just so unfairly hard. It, you know, to this day, still sticks with me. Uh, thank you again. Uh, I want to thank you guys, actually. You always say such nice things about these videos. Uh, for those who aren't watching the videos, please, if you have a chance to look at the video component on the Laser Time website where they put them, that would be great. Uh, I do put a lot of time into making these, and I always get a thrill about hearing you guys comment on the videos themselves. So thank you. It is always appreciated. Uh, thank you for checking in with me this week. I'll check in with you guys again next week. Sorry, buddy. I made that plea years ago, too. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah, uh, him, him showing screens of that reminded me that that, that fucking globe submarine also had a little nozzle that you would have to align with other nozzles in order to fill with air periodically because that's something else you had to worry about. God, that game, that level was fucking horrifying. Mm. Nozzle. I, I still don't think it was as bad as the Ninja Turtles level, though. That, uh, that was... well, I, at least, well, it had checkpoints, at least. That's true, that's true. And lives, you didn't lose a permanent member of your party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes I think back to Earthworm Jim and I go, you know... We really need more worm-based media. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I s- rethink that and go, no, I think we got just about the right amount of worm-based media. Wrong. It's like this they, they, this they, and Tremors and Dune. But hmm. they, they didn't improve the, the Kevin Bacon Tremors pilot. It's, it's just out there to watch. Yeah. Hmm. Tremors is great. I love sure. Tremors. Pardon my friend. All 45 films. <laughs> no, Mom, they're called Graboids. They are. <laughs> All right. Well, new question of the week. Um, you just wrote this, Matt, and I'm blaming this entirely on you. <laughs> as fuck it, give us your Game of Thrones final episode predictions, and let's see how wrong everyone was. <laughs> I, th- I think this could be fun because uh, by this time next week, by the time we record our next episode, mm-hmm. we will all have seen 
and or been uh, disappointed slash delighted by the finale of Game of Thrones. Given the the reaction online, I'm going to guess disappointed is the way most people are going to go with this, but I'm trying to be yes. optimistic about it. Um, by the way, no points for saying, I've never watched Game of Thrones, because you don't get <laughs> points for being snobbishly dismissive of my favorite show. Yeah. So um, I, I will I will echo two tweets I made right after uh, the episode, which I thought was fine last week. By the way, I won't spoil anything, but I'll say this: uh, number one, Game of Thrones fans, uh, welcome. Now you know what it's like being a wrestling fan, <laughs> where everything you love gets ruined constantly and never has the same payoff. I lightly mentioned it on thirty twenty ten, but. Um... For some people, this is their Phantom Menace, which is 20, 20 years old. And it's not that there's not redeemable things in Phantom Menace. It's just that its pacing and structure is broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's more like the Phantom Manass, because hey, where did all the manasses yes. go? Uh, number two, um, if, you, if you're a fan of HBO shows that start off strongly and have so much promise and then fail to deliver at the end, boy, have I got a show for you. It's called True Blood. Uh, mm. Or or uh, big love, yeah. Or, most HBO or Westworld, shows. or Westworld. Yeah, I did. I did see a really interesting thread on Twitter about that was talking about the difference between uh, pantsers and plotters. Yeah, and yeah. the different kinds of writers. That like pantsers are people who go by the seat of their pants and just make it up as they go along. They develop these very three dimensional characters and then generate plot by asking, "What would this character do?" Mm-hmm. Whereas plotters are people who, uh, you know, they they have pretty much everything outlined in advance and then like figure out okay what needs to happen in order to make that happen yes um so saying that like george r r martin is an epic pantser uh but the showrunners are plotters and so they had this uh ending and they had all these overgrown plot threads that they needed to wrap up so they're like okay we start with this ending and we'll reverse engineer where we need to go from there so you've got all these plot twists where it's like they seem inorganic, and they are compared to the way that the plot has developed up to right. the that point when they right. finally ran out of book. Yeah, but it, but it mentions the problem with the Panzer is that it's like this garden that had grown out of control yes, for yes. George R. R. Martin. And, and if you've read the books, you know that's one hundred percent true. And that's why he had to go back and say, "Well, actually, I need more books than I originally said." Yeah, because but like we don't care about these characters. Cut yeah, that shit. It was we taking don't, too no, long. No, I need an extra two years to work on a prequel to the series. Yeah. I can't. <sighs> we so don't now, need to yeah. know about Dorn or the Golden Company. Fuck them. <laughs> and so now, yeah, characters <laughs> that would have or- behaved organically before and maybe taken forever to do so mm-hmm. because they have plot beats they need to hit they're not acting quote unquote like themselves because they're they're more like clockwork machinery yeah. like just they're, trying they're to go cogs toward... in a machine now. yeah 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 I th- it was a good thread i, I yeah, saw yeah, the yeah. same thread um, i wish i could remember who I, wrote I, it. I think it's it's one of the most fascinating things i've ever seen and i i believe most of the criticism is largely true george R. R. martin takes his time meaning he believes in foreshadowing and it really seemed like the Game of Thrones guys were graduating and wanted to get the shit done before they ran out the door. Mm. And like, this doesn't make sense in this order at this time. Yeah. But it it does make sense in terms of the arc. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. So my prediction is they destroy the Iron Throne and agree mm. it doesn't need to exist anymore. And that's that's pretty obvious. It's been le- leading up to that. Spoiler, we should have prefaced this all. Spoiler alert. 
Didn't they already destroy the Iron Throne in the last episode? Uh, they destroyed most of the Red Keep. But yes, yeah, yeah. so, so all spoilers from here on out. So if you don't yeah. want to, like, skip ahead a few minutes if you don't want to hear spoilers. Yep. Yeah. But well, I uh, can't spoil something I've never seen. Uh, okay. That's true. That's true. No, I, I mean we're gonna say spoilers. Yeah. But but I, I thought that that was the true thesis of Game of Thrones that like uh, there is absolutely no need for someone to oversee a place they'll never go. Hmm. And. Ta-da! That should explain <laughs> why everybody who wants to rule over something is a piece of shit. I mean, there's a lot of themes in the books that got discarded right. for the show. Um, right. But uh, I think at this point, uh, I feel like uh, John is going to pull uh, Ned Stark and think, like, I can just honorably back out of this arrangement without losing my head. And he's going to be wrong, and Danny's going to kill him. And then she's going to go after Sansa, and then Arya's going to come for Danny, and it's going to end up with Sansa on the Iron Throne saying, Chaos is a ladder. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> mm. uh, I, I've been predicting... Uh, but, but, yeah, and then, and then Sansa destroys the Iron Throne. Mm. But again, that's uh, what I've always thought was fun about the series. It was about politics before civility. Mm-hmm. Mm. So... At the end of the last episode, there's that scene where the white horse comes up to Arya. And if you know your Bible or your Revelation specifically, you know the, the passage where, Ooh. and behold, uh, a pale horse, and he who sat upon him, the, the, the dark we, rider, was death. Basically. We all know how often Game of Thrones goes back to biblical yeah, imagery. But, <laughs> but, well, but these are True. the, these are the, the Bible, TV bad shows. Horse, bad horse, bad horse, he's bad. These are the, the TV <laughs> show guys, right? So they've, they've been a little bit reticent. more uh, on the nose. So See, what you don't know is it's actually Comet the Super Horse, who's Super well, Girl's okay, horse. Well, okay, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get to the comet. So, <laughs> So the the uh, what I think will probably actually happen is Arya, Arya will be death. She's become death at this point. She's going to mm-hmm. k- kill Danny. Is is my guess. Um, but the exciting answer is no. You mentioned a comet, and so you remember the comet that has been in every intro to every show. Mm. So Cody Laveau on the official Agent of Facebook community had a theory, a ten minute video where he expands on this. Is it a comet? I always thought it was the sun. Uh, he's he's saying basically it's a comet that is meant to. It's going to crash to to Westeros and kill everybody. Huh. My my ending, though, is way better. So Arya is going to get on that horse and ride that shit up to outer space and inject needle into the center of the comet and explode it with a nuclear device, all the while Steven Tyler singing Don't Want to Miss a Thing mm-hmm. from Armageddon. Basically, it's Armageddon. It's going to end like Armageddon. She's going to be played Bullshit. by Bruce Willis in this episode. If that actually happens, it'll just be flooded with fucking memes of my horses in the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it'll be forever. I'll fucking hate myself. If you disagree with me, can't nobody tell me nothing. (laughs) I don't understand Uh, the appeal of that song at all. I love that song. I was listening to that song as I was driving here. (laughs) Wow. I love that song. It's so good. It's really good. It samples Uh, Nine Inch Nails, dude. But, uh, yeah, yeah, like, I just, I, I, we're going to do a whole show about it. I just find it fascinating. Like, I don't know why HBO decided to do things this way. Uh, did you run out of money? Well, no, that's what I'd heard is HBO wanted them to do regular length seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are saying that was one of their big mistakes is the showrunners, the, the Weiss and what's the other dude? Benioff. Name? Benioff. They, they chose to do shortened, the two last seasons abbreviated, mm-hmm. you know. And now they're dealing with – so I, I think HBO shows in general usually have a problem of they try to wrap up too much – at the very end of their final season episodes, and we were talking, like, there's 
a lot of HBO shows that had really bad endings because of that. Um, but yeah, by making those seasons even shorter and giving themselves less time to resolve this shit, a lot of this stuff has felt way too it's, rushed. It's absolutely nuts. There's there's like 11, 11 teen things that have happened on Game of Thrones where like, this needed two minutes, probably 20, more like episodes of foreshadowing instead of like four seconds. Yeah. Like, how, how did this happen? And I, I was the one who was applauding the pacing two seasons ago. Mm, but I understand yeah. people's dilemma. Like, two you can't just ago. have people turn and, and, like, fall away like this. Yeah. Like, I, well, so, again, wrestling fan here. Now you guys know how it's like to be a wrestling fan. Dude, I called that heel turn the second she, like, basically... the. It was the beginning two episodes ago where she started to act a little weird. I'm like, oh, she's going heel. She's totally turning heel. And it was. I know, but the heel turn to me was a little too wrestling because you can't go evil that fast as a human being. Uh, well, I mean, they'd been. She, she hasn't always been great. You know, like. No, she's, no, no. She solved every problem with murder. Yeah. And Hellfire. And uh, the only reason she she didn't do that is because people consult, cons, uh, counseled her not to. Mm. Uh, it was always her instinct. And oh. she's lost her counselors. Like, yeah. Jorah is gone, right? Like, that was one of her right. big counselors. By the way, just just a quick aside, that uh, Plotter versus Pantser thread is by uh, at DSilverment on Twitter. So okay. go check that out. Sorry. And uh, if anyone makes me think of George R. R. Martin and Pants again, I'm going to punch somebody. Mm. What? You don't like a nice fupa? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as much as the next guy. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably where his manuscript is. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. It was, but, it was underneath my bunt the whole time. As long as I'm calling out things online, uh, the Axis of Awesome has a great song about Game of Thrones that I, I recommend looking up on YouTube. That's uh, just like in the style of a Rage Against the Machine song, song and keeps screaming, I read the fucking books! <laughs> and, and like, as a, a reader of the books, like, there's some foreshadowing that I didn't even know I got that the show, you lacked in the show to see certain, some of these things being foreshadowed. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but, and, and, and what I really think is fun and what I really want to talk about in an upcoming episode of Bonus Time, patreon.com slash laser time, uh, is the idea that like Game of Thrones just barely skirted and over the wire of streaming culture. It might be the last thing we all ever watch together at the same time and experience. Yeah, I've seen that. Time. And that to me is fascinating. I can't think of anything else. I mean, I, th- I think especially in these last few episodes, like it, the dynamic on Twitter has shifted from like avoiding spoilers to like, it's like the Super Bowl. Everyone should know this now. And, and right. we're all just going to scream we, we about talk, it. Matt and I talked about that on bonus time a little yeah. bit because, like, it was I think it was like five days after Endgame, the Russo brothers were out there talking about heavy spoilers. Yep. How do you expect us not to? Yeah, it's to the point though what we talked about, and I get people get upset about spoilers, but it's like uh, also be an adult and maybe don't go on Twitter that night if you haven't watched the thing yet, mm-hmm. or you, right. you, like take precautions is what I'm saying too. Or do yourself a favor, nerd, and ask someone who likes sports. <laughs> <laughs> like, he doesn't get to he doesn't get to wait he doesn't get to wait yeah. seven months to figure out if the Dolphins won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so yeah, if you that's the one thing we kind of came out is look, we get it, we hate being spoiled too, but both of us went and saw Endgame when we did specifically to avoid Alone. being spoiled. It's mm. like, if you love a thing enough, maybe you should see it relatively soon. And I get, you can't always, some people have health issues or whatever, and so, I, you know, I get that. But Some like, people live in Australia. That's mm-hmm. it, man. It's like the only excuses you have. 
Well, the the thing that I was bringing up earlier with, like, I read the fucking books, that song also, like, repeats the line, then a six-year wait for a dance with dragons. And, like, it's been seven years since I was reading excerpts from Winds of Winter on George R. R. Martin's website. Live journal? Yeah, that shit is in, like, never going to happen. But it, <laughs> it, it, even if it does, it's going to be so weird going back to that, like, pre-Battle of the Bastards, pre-any of that stuff, and, like... All right, now what direction is the story well, going to take? I mean... What's I, going on with young Griff? I don't want to give him too much credit, because I don't think he did this intentionally, but this has been really great focus testing for him, where basically mm. everything people respond poorly to, old George gets to Something go... Something he should not do. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that differently. That's pretty, well, pretty nice. That's my George R. R. Martin impersonation. But, he, but he, he might or he might his credit, not, because he's his, still an his discredit, Matt, I don't think he'll work that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and, 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 and I think when the books come out, you'll we'll see things that like uh, the little things that peppered some of these abrupt things we keep seeing that the show isn't allowed to see us because the show showrunners have senioritis and really want to get that Lucasfilm contract signed. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it actually it reminds me of another George's George R. R. Martin sort of right now is in like the George Lucas position, which is like. Yeah, that was my baby. That ain't my thing anymore. Like, hey, don't blame me. It's really nuts. It's lost all over again, man. I didn't. I, this is a Game of Thrones is a really good show up until like it's still a really yeah, good see, show. Yeah, all that being like, said, like I really enjoying this season, and so I kind of am, yeah, I'm fucking just, sick of the haters. I'm just some like, things feel abrupt. I'll yeah, admit yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I, I will admit that. But I'm still having a really great time watching the show. But. Yeah, I just don't like the number of people out there just like completely shitting on it like, oh, it's the worst show ever. I'm like, yeah, it's still better than most TV. A lot of you people were the same ones who were saying you were done with it like three seasons ago. In my best Jeff Foxworthy voice, like, y'all ever notice people complain about bad writing misspell everything? (laughs) (laughs) You don't know shit about writing. You just got sad Mm. or hurt. And you have no idea what writing is like. And (laughs) it's not bad writing. It's just mostly bad pacing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so how do you think the finale of Game of Thrones is going to go. Let us know. Ridiculous predictions encouraged. If you haven't seen the show and you just want to write something silly, uh, that's fine too. Maybe if it's really funny, we'll read it on next week's show. Who knows? But uh, you can you can do this by going to VidjaGameApocalypse.com, answering under the comments for episode 316. Not 316, but 316! What? What? Can't hear anything. BGA 316. Yeah. Oh, we should say that Stone Cold Steve Austin is based on a character called Stone Cold E.T. And he orders drive through food, and you should look that up immediately. Okay. Wow. Um, what? <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, Go to White Castle, order a bunch of cheeseburgers. <laughs> Jackass. You sure this isn't just Larry the Cable Guy? Uh, yeah, it does sound like Blair the Cable Guy's dad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, alternately, you can go on the official Laser Time community on Facebook and answer there. There'll be a thread where you can answer, or you can hit us up on Twitter, at VG Apocalypse. So that's been our show. Let's do some plugs. Chris, what do you got? Well, I will soon be in... Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> that one, I just had the soundboard up. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I love this guy. Um, Maybe I am insane. 
Maybe I am insane. And maybe it's time for you to find out how insane I am. Okay. I'm so happy we're closing with wrestling. There's nobody else like Randy Savage. There will never be. Nope. He's one of a kind. He's the best. He said he gave, he's I think he's Look, this is probably going to get us in trouble with the BBC, but I think he's better than Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I do. He died too early, mostly for your sins, he's, not mine. He's definitely, Chris, you got a little cream of the crop? Give me a little cream of the crop. I, I, do I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on there? Yeah. Poetry <laughs> accepted. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for it. I don't. Because I'm wild. Yeah. Rebuild one to go. I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> I hate your gut. <laughs> I, it's not on here. Damn God. It. It's more about, like you said, the sleight of hand he does with the coffee creamer is the best part sure. of it. Sure. It's so good. He pulls <laughs> numerous screamers from his hand. He's like, he's like doing like jazz fingers too, and it just appears in his hand. He's like. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah, the cream always rises. <laughs> <laughs> Cup of coffee in the morning, yeah. yeah. Put that thing down. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he he twitches the wrong muscle in his face, and suddenly coffee creamer starts pouring out from behind his eyelids, <laughs> shooting all over Mean Gene. That was a good one. Yeah, I beat you on that one, man. <laughs> okay. So sorry. So, so you're plugging the Randy Savage soundboard. Uh, we should probably uh, plug Potty Slam for uh, Larry, who's for no real. longer no longer here. Look for our, our our good bud Lair Bear over on uh, Potty Slam. And uh, it, it, the episodes I listen to, you don't even have to know a lot about wrestling. It's just super informative about the fun events in wrestling. Yeah, it's really good, and it's co-hosted by uh, previous VGA guest Josh Shoop. Uh, Him and, I don't care for, and his <laughs> and his wife April Shoop is also on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, listen to Laser Time. It's about video games this week. You might like it. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Mortal Kombat, baby. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Just, just like I, I, I just couldn't get over talking to my friends uh, Adam and MB that like Mortal Kombat was the most untouchable game in the universe for like twenty years, and now we just like, oh, there's a new Mortal Kombat. Is it violent? Yes. Hmm. Uh, look forward to not hearing any controversy about this at all. But it wasn't like that for a while, and like, I don't know of another game slammed by the president of the United States, let alone my governor. Wow. But it, this all happened, and um, yeah, everyone in the world hated Mortal Kombat. I especially love the clip of uh, Howard Lincoln, like, this game will never appear on a platform, nor Night Trap. Night Trap was a timed exclusive for the Switch. Hmm. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Which apparently no one who no one who ever talked about that game in public had ever seen it. That's no my, people. That's it's it's theory. it's weird how many misconceptions about that game there were. Like people thought it was porn. People thought it was like fully three dimensional porn. And it's like it's it's a cheesy like sub USA TV movie. Dare right? I say sub Thunder in Paradise CDI oh, game? It makes <laughs> Thunder in Paradise CDI look like fucking uh, uh, Burn Cycle, man. Chris, I do have to correct you one thing in that episode. I love the episode. 
Oh, Howard fuck. Phillips is not Howard Lincoln. I know. What did I say? Uh, you oh, you were saying that Howard Lincoln was the guy in the bow tie from Nintendo Power. That's Howard Phillips. He's That's the, what C-SPAN said. That's the guy from the Nintendo Power comics. Yeah, yeah. different dude. It's like, uh, it's like the most important man in the world standing here, and you've got a conversation going with each other. That's <laughs> <laughs> really... <laughs> That's a really appropriate comment. <laughs> Jesus. God, hey, Chris, can we just get the soundboard on the next VGA? You don't have to be. Yeah, like, let's get the I've been pretty worthless this episode. <laughs> oh. no, quite damn. <laughs> tonight! <laughs> uh, you know what you should do tonight? You should go to patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, and if you subscribe mm-hmm. at the $5 or more level per month, you get access to the Patreon-exclusive show Bonus Time, which... I don't know when it'll go up. It'll go up eventually, but I recorded one with Chris, and we talk all about my recent trip to Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure and, and a bunch of other stuff. We talk about the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that's being built, so right. uh, check us out. We got some uh, Game of Thrones from a few weeks ago, but yeah, is my plight. Uh, all the episodes are edited by me, and there's a 4,000-episode backlog. Uh, it's... Yeah, it sucks. If you want to complain about those not going up, go to uh, Twitter and hit me up at Matty C. Allen. I have no control over that shit, but feel free to complain to me. That's fine. Yeah. I'll take your complaint. Because I'm wild, yeah! <laughs> because I'm wild or in bed with a back injury. Fuck's <laughs> yeah, it happens. Well, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Visit us at VigigameApocalypse.com. Oh, yeah! Sorry. <laughs> or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so.